And there I am in Sri Lanka, formerly Ceylon, at three o'clock in the morning, looking for 1,000 brown M&Ms to fill a brandy glass, or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night. So, Jeff Beck pops his head round the door and mentions there's a little sweet shop on the edge of town. So, we go, and it's closed. So there's me and Keith Moon and David Crosby breaking into this little sweet shop, right? Well, instead of a guard dog, they've got this bloody great big Bengal tiger. Well, I managed to take out the tiger with a can of mace. But the shop owner and his son, that's a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. Okay, so that's Wayne's World 2, um, which came out a year after Wayne's World 1, which I think is crazy. Uh, yeah, that is crazy. Um, did you know that uh, both Lord of the Rings sequels came out one year? Why would I know that? Original Lord of the Why Rings? would I know that? They shot them all <laughs> at the same time, Kelly, and released them uh, one year after There's the other. There's no reason I would know that. Uh, it was beautiful. It was perfectly, perfectly executed. Well, that's um, fair. Well, uh, th- welcome to day one. What is it? Day hundred and forty-seven. I think, I think of we're the seven hundred days. Are we? I think we're up <laughs> we, to seven hundred. This is our fifth year. It's been like a week, and I feel like it's and, been a month. Every yeah. week is a month, and every month is a year. So we're going to be what rolled by the end of this. This is really hard, and it's frustrating, and you know you get bored and all these other stuff. But right. um, I really do think this is ten times worse on our like parents and people that age, just generally speaking. Um, I just don't think my mom knows how to, she didn't come grow up with media and like entertaining herself, you know, like I think she's good with books for a certain amount of time, but she just can't sit still. And I think more people who are younger, it's hard for anybody, but I do think we're better. I shouldn't say we, I'm older now, but yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So do you, so <laughs> this is funny because Howard Stern has been broadcasting from home also and his parents <laughs> are super old. They're like 90 something, you know? Right. And, right. and his mom and dad just like live at home and stay at home and they never leave. And he's like, it honestly took this thing happening for them to be like, I just need to go out. I just need to go out. <laughs> He's like, you guys never go out. <laughs> uh, that, that's a little different. And uh, yeah, no, I know. I know. Stuck at home. But yeah. the, but, but the point is, yeah, that, uh, uh that what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Wait, it is funny how movies. when you know you can't go, you go stir crazy. Whereas right. there's so many opportunities. I guess to that's leave what I'm getting like, at, We'll yeah. just stay in tonight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And me and um, Jess are perfectly happy to do that. Other than the anyway. fact that I ha- I am not interacting with anybody, you know, obviously plenty of single people are stuck at home, and and I think about the people in New York that are in like three hundred square foot apartments. Oh my god! Because it's fucking, fucking New York. nuts, man. The the right? concept of being stuck in one place, and I mean, I have a patio that I sit on, and I I do take walks. Um, I don't take walks every day. There are definitely days that I don't go outside, but for the most part, right. I take walks. And um, but I've been really good about like groceries for two weeks and then not going yeah. again. Yeah, um, I've had like sure. one delivery. And but the the concept of not interacting with anybody, where I go, you know, it's been eleven days, twelve days, thirteen days since I've interacted with another human being. That's yeah. pretty weird. I mean, that's not normal. Um, I'm for, for I'm us, freaked out. 
I'm freaked out by how much um, I'm not freaked out. Right. Uh, now, now I'm in, well, you've I'm been in going to work Jess. though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. I mean, I, I go into an empty office, which right. is no, I know, the it. reason yeah, I'm yeah. cool with going, but I, but I do go in and I, I shouldn't say completely empty. I mean, the building engineer may pop his head in, right. You know, during the day, the porter may pop his head in, but at least like six feet and definitely not, not busy. Yeah. 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 But, um, but it is true. Like I, I come back here and, I'm talking to people on phones and you, you and Kevin, obviously, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, friends like that. And outside of that, I'm like, yeah, but I still haven't seen anyone mm-hmm. like friend wise other than Jess Very at weird. all in person. And, um, it, it is strange, but I feel like it should be stranger to me. I'm worried about my own, my own self, <laughs> your, your and my own state of self, psychological and how state. much, yeah, I'm just cool with being <laughs> just in one place and well, I mean, media. if it, if it wasn't for, the lack of, for me, the lack of income, which is a constant stress. Um, if it weren't for that, yeah. Yeah. I think I would be very comfortable. I am actually pretty comfortable with this situation, but right. the right. but the the financial part of it is the biggest one. My industry imploded, and God. I have no income until um, unemployment comes in. But um, right. but it, but other than that, like it's not so weird to want to stay home and and watch movies and I get to do that now. So For sure. uh, I'm very lucky. I mean, our, our healthcare workers are, are in terrible situations oh, and, and our delivery people are in terrible situations um, because yeah, that's true. they are just not, um, they're just going all day, every day delivering to people. And I don't see them generally making much uh, uh, effort to be sanitary. And it's not, it's not their fault necessarily, but it, I think that the organizations they work for are not necessarily helping them. Um, I think in this situation, man, not that not that any of those the higher ups can't be better yeah. and do better for their employees, but I do think this is a situation where the bottom feeders are just going to be screwed. The people who you, can't you kind of got to work, take care of yourself. Yeah, sort of. yeah. But but the worst part about it is I saw an article the other day. It was kind of heartbreaking. Um, we're going to move on from the heavy stuff. In a we minute, are in just a second. Film, yeah. But but you know it was like somebody the quote was we're we're risking our our health and in some cases our lives for $14 an hour. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. it was kind of like, man, these are the people who can't not go into work and they're just not being compensated at all and you're thinking couldn't these companies at least do double time during the you know something not that yeah. it's worth your health but something incentivize a little more and they should absolutely be giving them quite a bit more money considering yeah. that the demand is up the profits uh, have to be up. I know those um, are the companies in, that have to be killed the only ones killing right now right like and uh, I I, uh, yeah I don't entirely get that but um I also think about um what do I also think about? I don't know. Nothing. I, I, I fucking <laughs> Not lost much. it. I fucking yeah. lost it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Hey, man, you've been, you've been cooped up inside for days. <laughs> yeah, haven't days. changed your underwear. Days I mean, we know. Days. We know how it days is. Days and days. Um, um, yeah, I I've finally just been got some more to... mezcal. I had to get some alcohol delivered today. <laughs> oh, really? Well, hey, the most important. I ran out of mezcal one. like a week ago. <laughs> oh, most importantly. And I ordered um, two bottles and they only delivered one because they didn't have enough. Sons of bitches. Yeah, we're backed up. You know, yeah, people are ordering their just, alcohol. These are, are the problems. Do? These are the problems. The biggest ones, yeah. I, uh, I've i just tried to take this time and, you know, if we're going to be stuck anyway, one, like obviously we're both sort of film and TV fanatics. So I've right, been trying right. to – you know, take advantage of that and kind of consume as much as I can that way. And then, uh, secondly, in terms of just kind of putting stuff out, I mean, you know, this, I used to be full on, uh, in, in the writing game and trying yeah. to crack the code for writing. So I've actually just sat down and really been kind of crushing, uh, revisions, um, in the last 
couple weekends. So that's been kind of nice. And, that's really know, great, man. All things considered, yeah. really nice because I haven't done anything. Like I said, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. It's been like five years. And then suddenly, you know, two weekends, I'm just rolling through stuff. So that's kind of cool. It's like someone gave us permission to do things that we weren't giving ourselves permission to do you know so that's that's what's going on yeah i'm scanning my grandpa's old slides i've got uh between my house and my dad's house i got about twenty five thousand color uh transparency slides that uh, right 60s and 70s that's a huge job i've done a few thousand (laughs) but um i can do about 400 in a day that's all day though. It's like eight or nine yeah. hours. That's so, awesome though. I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's not, project. it's not awesome that you're stuck with anything, but you know, having projects and having hobbies and yeah, having like yeah. a passion in this yeah. situation is so important because like my, take my brother, for example, his passion is working out, right? Like right, he works at right. a gym and then he also is at the gym working out. So he's going nuts. Cause I mean, he really, I mean, he's, oh, just, yeah. he's into sports. Sports are done right now. Right. And outside of like movies, which he's going through very quickly, you know, he's stir crazy already because he's really active and he can't be as active and he's doing stuff at home. But man, he just doesn't have any other passions. You know what I mean? Like he's not reading books and he's not, you know what I mean? There's just not a whole lot going on. The uh, the whole situation is forcing our, I think our brains to slow down. Those of us that have very active brains, I know I do. And I, and I struggle to slow down or relax like it takes right. me a long time to relax. Um, you know, I just like sat on my patio last night for an hour and I just yeah, stared yeah. into the n- nothing. I was you, like, you know, it's wild. This would though, not man. have been possible a few weeks ago. It would not so. have been possible a few weeks ago, but also, you know, go back a hundred years for all of <laughs> yeah. human existence. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like it is kind of wild. I saw Call of the like, Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It was the last, I think it was the last movie I saw before this is, this they is shut a reset down the button. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is kind um, of a reset, and it's weird how I'm I'm framing it that way. I, I'm sure that a lot of people are thinking that, but it's uh, right. not good. I mean, people are dying. Um, I just yeah, hope that uh, I hope it doesn't last forever. But in the meantime, we we, uh, we get a little bit of relief from the government, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Um, so whatever. Um, let's talk about some movies, just because uh, I don't know. You're working, but like I'm not working at all. You can imagine how many fucking movies I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, truly, because I'm I'm crushing it I'm right consuming. now, and I and I am going to work. Right, so I, exactly. I can only imagine. Yeah, your your kind of free days. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we've uh, Jess and I have binged um, uh, kind of a bunch of things as far as shows. Cool. But yeah. In terms of movies, one of the ones we watched, and I think you did too, um, is Big Time Adolescence. Oh yeah, sure. I watched that, that one? a couple weeks ago. What did you think about that? I enjoyed it. I knew that it had good reviews um coming into its release but they really it, it it released in theaters literally days before they closed theaters and i had a yeah. ticket to go see it then they closed the alamo and then i realized that hulu was releasing it early they were re- releasing it a week early i think right. maybe because they knew all this was coming i don't know but um right. but the point is that uh i watched it i enjoyed it uh it's for me relatively forgettable even though i really enjoyed it and like right, it right. i i kind of like even now i can't even really remember what happens in it uh, other than vague vaguely um it's really just a hangout movie i mean it's totally what just it people hanging out and uh it's a cute kind of it's got uh, a message it's got a theme. Age tale, yeah. I, I think that uh i wouldn't have cared about it at all um were it not uh pete davidson Right in it. It's kind of interesting. He's so sort of in our pop culture now for one reason or another as himself that it's, it felt like the perfect project for him. Right. And 
I, I, was, I was telling Jess, kind of made for him. yeah, I was telling Jess halfway through, I was like, I don't think I would have the empathy for this guy that's necessary if they hadn't cast Pete Davidson. I'm not sure there's anything in the script that's like making that happen. Right. I think it's just him being like sick, you know, <laughs> about like, you know, being getting, he gets so dude, excited about that shit. That was a perfect Pete Davidson yeah, impression. Like, dude, he just he said, yeah, I've got a one word imitation for a lot of people. Honestly, um, it sounded just like him. <laughs> yeah. We didn't pull a sound clip. I promise. That was no, me. no. Yeah. Um, but no, he just seems uh, so genuinely excited about mundane shit. Right. That right. he, he tends to bring that excitement. And when you're hanging out and you're thinking about back in high school and college and stuff, that's sort of what you want out of your out of your buddies. He, you know what I mean? He comes Just, across in this movie and in real life as being a very uncomplicated person yes. who doesn't yes. have a whole lot of, of I, I don't know what else to say. He doesn't seem like he has that many thoughts in his head at any right. given time. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah. what's interesting about that is when you hear him talk about his life or what he's how he's lived, and he's very young also, we have to right, remember right. that, but he seems like he's past the point of caring that that's <laughs> the case because it seems like he's just at a point where he, um, he, he just knows that that's... <laughs> That's what I am, and yeah. Um, yeah, he's leaning into it, and 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 he's totally accepted it, and uh, I don't know, he's really entertaining and interesting. Um, yeah, he is. He's I, weirdly fascinating, I, and part of that also yeah. is just, man. I mean, and some of this is really sad, but he's had kind of a fascinating life. Yeah, like just, just the way it's gone, crazy shit. And I, I think he's a good example of of someone who this is going to sound really weird, but maybe just has his priorities a little bit more in perspective because of maybe how he's lived and what has happened right. to him. Right. Um, that he, he, he's a good, I think he's a poster child for, for, uh, you just know, just kind of rolling with young, it. <laughs> young celebrities and how maybe they, you know, feel a little entitled and maybe they, right. you know, right. get a little bit of a head on them and he doesn't seem like he has any of that. Um, because he's kind of been through it all. But yeah. anyways. Um, he's he's a weird guy, man, but he's interesting. And, and there is definitely that sort of watchability thing because, I mean, his character in the movie, and this feels real to him. I know this is going to sound yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, he's like that fuck up that you can't not like. You right. Know what I mean? like right. It's a little bit of that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, although they're all <laughs> fictional characters, right? Sure, sure. Where it's just like, these guys don't have redeemable qualities. Why do I like them so much? Right. Um, And that's kind of what it is because this movie, he's just a bad news for the for the other main character the whole way through and yet you don't really want to see that relationship fall apart it's you sympathize sad. with him at the same yeah, time and you, you definitely don't go oh fuck that guy you know <laughs> right but we it's probably worth should checking out for people <laughs> listening like it's definitely worth you know if you're yeah you definitely should and if you're you know if you're stuck so at home, you're looking my mom texted me a couple days ago and she was like did you see a big time adolescence i said yeah <laughs> and she was like <laughs> well question mark <laughs> and i was like uh my niece who's 20 lives with her and I was like, we're going to like it. You won't like it. <laughs> wow. And I, I think that tracks. I just think it's, I think it's a movie for young people about young people sort of, I don't know. But anyway, <sighs> getting yeah. back to movies. So yeah, let's um, stay with so the light stuff. You can, you can see my list of movies here, which is quite long. Um, just to rattle them off really quick before they closed the theaters, I, uh, between the last time we taped and now, before they closed theaters, I saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies in the theaters, which I'm really proud about because 
uh, all my gigs started canceling and I was like, I'm just going to go to the movies every day, if not two days or two a, a day. Right, and that right. worked out right up until they closed the theaters. So I saw The Invisible Man, The Gentleman, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Sonic the Hedgehog, The Way Back, Onward, Extraordinary, First Cow, The Hunt, which we saw together, yeah. and then Call of the Wild. Um, and Hunt, uh, Hunt was the last thing that we saw in the theater. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun one for and uh, And, you know, what's kind of weird is that, you know, we I, even though I didn't spend money, you spent money to go see that. And then all right. this shit is now available on demand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But honestly, it, man, that was a really fun it one. It was fun. That was a yeah. fun night. And I'm glad I would have paid, looking back, like yeah. to get out one more time to sure. a movie. And yeah. Like, yeah. I would have paid <laughs> uh, the last more. time we got out of the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be the last time ever. Hope not. But, you know, I'm, you never know. I'm really glad I got out as much as i did because it might be a while i mean china just closed their movie theaters again so yeah, today's the 29th on the 27th Ugh. they reclosed they had reopened like right. a, a few days ago all their theaters and or a lot of them and now they're reclosing them so the the Fuck, weird man. the weird like waves that this virus is going to take and how it's going to affect us um, even though we're all thinking like, oh, in a month, everything will be back to normal. It very well might not be like that. Um, yeah. So we just yeah. have to prepare ourselves to yeah. uh, wait it out. And It is definitely making waves, much like the documentary. Um, right, waves, right, right. A, so <laughs> I saw those. And then the bottom of this list is all the stuff I've seen at home so far, which was Super Size Me, Room 237, which I watched in preparation for Dr. Sleep. I watched Making Waves, which is a great documentary. How, how was Super Size Me too? It was great, man. I didn't know they made another one, and then I was really happy that I didn't know about it and I could go in fresh. Because Did what they it reprove is, that fast food is bad? For uh, sort of. What no? What it is is that he takes on like the chicken industry, and essentially, it's it's not that he's calling out Chick Fil A. It's that he's he's looking at the chicken landscape of 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 essentially chicken sandwiches in fast food and where do chickens come from and rather than him doing an expose on like you know the chicken farming that's so disgusting and inhumane right right. he just creates his own chicken farm and he creates his own chicken sandwich fast food restaurant in columbus which is the test capital of the country and he creates his own restaurant he actually does it and he has like a big grand opening and he explains how his chickens are raised and he exposes all of the things that are wrong with the system and not that he's doing it better but just that Hey, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. don't eat this <laughs> essentially. Right um, right and it's, it's super interesting. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I watched blow the man down, which is an original Amazon movie. I watched, uh, the documentary long shot. I had never seen about the guy that was, Oh man, on trial for murder. And one of my all time favorites. I, I hadn't seen that until it, now, you know, it's, it it's fucking enough great. <laughs> to make you believe in a higher power that, <laughs> That it would be Larry David, who right. genuinely is like his reaction is like ah, he's so ah, godlike about you know, it. He's, he's like, just like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like I mean, legitimately like raising it. Yeah, saved his life. He was like, yeah, you I'm know? really glad I could help. You know, save his life and everything. <laughs> just like Jesus yeah, Christ, we can't do it justice. You got to watch like when it gets to him reacting. Yeah, just kind of the, the whimsical smile on his face. Priceless. How the fuck did that happen? Priceless. Sort of like, yeah, it's just perfect for the guy. Who did Curb and Seinfeld? Um, I watched The Banker, the Apple movie. Did you watch that yet? 
No, I don't. I texted know. you oh, about that's, it. Yeah, that's because the, it um, very specifically reminded me of you. It's a. It, really? It's actually real. Yeah. Well, uh, just in a couple in, black guys starting a bank, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Patrick got it. You're not black. Written all over um, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about it's about a young guy who's trying to get into real estate and right on. Um right on. and and obviously you've had dealings in real estate oh. and had your license in another yep. state and I um. I actually loved the movie and it, it very well might be another situation like Green Book where the the context of Green Book was that like obviously it even won Best Picture. I really enjoyed yeah. it when I saw it. But when uh, like the family of the people involved with the, yeah. the p- people that Green Book was based on were coming out and going, oh, that's not, you know, this is very one-sided. Right, that's right. what it sounds like is happening with the banker. Um, that the the families of the real people are not happy with this portrayal of the story. But okay. at the end of the day, I think it was extremely well-made and it could have been an Oscar contender and they pushed it out of Oscar season to then come out early wow. this year for some reason. I don't really know the whole story, but um, I just, I loved it. I, I, I mean, it's such a, it, it's a movie about uh, these two black guys in the 50, 40, Oh no, fifties, fifties into the sixties in LA that bought up a bunch of real estate and were just trying to, you know, have the market work more in their favor. Right. Right. Rather than white favor. And it, and it's extremely, extremely well made Samuel L. Jackson. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, a guy from, uh, uh, Marvel. Avengers movies, I forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the new, new Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, but uh, anyways, excellent, excellent movie. Um, I watched David Crosby, Remember My Name. It was a great documentary. Um, and then I've been doing Google Hangouts. I've done a f- couple of them. We did one. Uh, we watched Tremors. Tremors, awesome. Fantastic. Um, and I watched so Goldeneye. Fun. I'm doing all the uh, Brosnan Bonds with Austin and them. They oh, man. They haven't I'm kind of jealous that. of so, uh, the Goldeneye one. Um, well, we did Goldeneye, then we did Tomorrow Never Dies. And we're going to do the world's, world's Not, not enough, enough and Die, and another, die day. another Day. Austin yeah. hasn't seen any of those. And a wow. few of our other friends in this chat haven't seen them. So. What was Austin's take on the Pierce era as like now, <laughs> looking back? Um, I don't know. He, he, I think he thinks it's kind of batshit. Goldeneye yeah. is a really quality movie. So when Goldeneye That's finished, great. he was, I think, very appreciative that it is a well-made movie. Right. Um, and it's relatively well-written. Whereas you get into Tomorrow Never Dies and it's a, a little kind of wacky and it's getting yeah. wackier and i that's my favorite Bo- brosnan bond even though i love golden I, I love I'm, tomorrow never dies I tomorrow think never dies is more enjoyable to me right um, it, it feels a little roger moore but in a yeah. good way and yeah, i just yeah. think the brosnan ones got crazier and crazier as time yeah. went on um this is funny you say this because though because you know jess and i've been on the bond quest and right right we did die another day not too long ago and, cool. and it's funny because i i just consider that the worst bond movie ever i mean mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. 20th bond the 40th anniversary all their kind of nods to the old ones that didn't quite work and there's just so many things i mean the invisible car i mean there's a reason they oh, rebooted God. it after that but but with all that being said and i remember dislike being like something's wrong with this movie from the <laughs> from the first shot where they they uh surf in you know like yeah, oh my god like i forgot about that yeah on yeah. the cg waves and everything um but watching it again um knowing that i despised it I, it was probably <laughs> just the set you know my the way i was geared into it i was like this could be the worst one right um it was still enjoyable I, I came away thinking the same as like with the james bonding podcast we listened to where i was just like you know any bond movie is better than 
a lot of other movies to me because I yeah. just like the series. So it's terrible, but you fun. can give me any of them. And I've watched a couple of the worst ones recently because oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a, we're both a big fan of James Bonding the podcast, but I'm also a Stitcher Premium member, so I don't know right, if you've ever right. gone on there on Stitcher Premium. They have a bunch of commentaries that right, they never yeah. released as episodes, and so one of them was Diamonds Are Forever. Another one was View to a Kill. And I just did both of those in the last few days. Uh, listen to that well, commentary. Hey, let me. I don't want to get you off topic, but what did you, you know, think of Diamonds Are Forever? Watching it back. I mean, so I the last time I watched Diamonds Are Forever was probably like four years ago, and I think that might have been my first watch of it. Okay. Um, Diamonds Are Forever is rough for me. I think it is pretty bad, <laughs> yeah. um, but I also enjoy. I enjoy where they go in it so yeah. much. I enjoy yeah. him being in Vegas so much right, and, that, right. and that era of Vegas so yeah. much that it kind of takes away some of the negativity. I love Jimmy Dean. <laughs> Jimmy Dean. Baja. J- J- I haven't got anything in Baja. I got nothing in Baja. Uh, I love Jimmy Dean in it, obviously. is fucking Burke Saxby, tell him he's fired. <laughs> There's so many it's, moments. It's so ridiculous. Um, um, the, well, the reason yeah. I bring it up is that is another one, like Die Another Day, that is very much at the bottom of the heap to me. Oh, yeah. Movies. Absolute bottom. Yeah. One, it's just forget about the whole story, which I don't think is that great, but Connery, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first one where Connery, right? He comes back and he's, you can tell he's old, right? Like he's, he's quite old. He, he's yeah. not terrible, but he's you know, a little chubby. You know what I mean? Like you don't really buy the suave ladies, man. Well, stuff. I did that and view to a kill back to back. And those are both of their respective, right. like last right. old ass movies Yeah, where they're yeah. so fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> they can't move very well. They're uh, struggling to run up the stairs. Not good. Well, um, but Di- but diamonds are forever. The thing I came away same similar to die another day. Yeah. Um, I there were things I dug about it that I didn't remember liking, like the whole setup at the beginning where they're kind of tracking through the diamond smuggling and just yeah. passing from person to person, and you don't really know who they are. I kind of felt like you know for like nineteen seventy one that felt a little bit ahead of its time, like a little a little inventive, like in a way. Yeah. Like other Bond movies had not done that. I know this because I just went through them <laughs> right, um, right, right. You know, in the same way. They do try uh, some so, interesting anyway. stuff. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I have a lot of respect for uh, kind of the design of diamonds are forever, you know, right. and kind of what happens right. in it and the set design and the, uh, the risks that they took, but the story is pretty bad and the dialogues yeah. Yeah, not bad. great. And the, uh, what are the, the uh, fucking two guys, Mr. Kid and yeah, I don't know. Age very I, f- well. I forget. Yeah. They're just not good. Mr. Like, Wit uh, and Mr. Kid, Mr. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, probably the weakest of the Blofelds as well. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and also just since we've since we've dove all the way into this, you know, that was the last one where they had Spectre and Blofeld before they had the whole rights issue, and then they couldn't oh, bring them back right, right, all right. the way until uh, Spectre. He was still and, actually Blofeld. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of sucks when you know that that it, there's not much of an ending to him Blofeld in that one. Mm. I don't know if you remember mm. when he just kind of like slams his ship back and forth and right. just sort of leaves Blofeld in this little sub. I mean, it's yeah. not really much of an ending anyway. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's an, uh, I kind of forgot about the ending, but yeah, obviously the whole ending on the oil rig is so, um, uh, not, yeah, that's exactly fun. what it's, you're right. It's uh. not <laughs> exciting to me. It, I, yeah. And I, and honestly, I don't think it's a function of like what they shot because it, it visually should be more interesting. They've got right. decent helicopter sets. battle. It's, it's interesting. Like conceptually, right. it's interesting. 
and it, it all I can think is that it's just really poorly edited. Like maybe it's just way too long. I think or so something too. because yeah. it's so not fun to watch. And you're right. just like, oh my god, this is yeah, so it fucking really tedious. It really drags. Um, and that's coming off of not that you and I would have ever watched these in the theaters in order, but that's coming off of a uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which has one of the great right. helicopter rescues up in the snow, which was <laughs> right. imitated by Christopher Nolan in Inception. You know, right. I mean, that was kind of his main and really uh, outstanding for set that. pieces. So, yeah, exactly. Kind of cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, you know, the the movies that I listed, um, a lot of those are forgettable, but a couple of them, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. I'm so glad I saw it in theaters because it had a really weird release where it was in theaters and out of theaters and in theaters and it was kind of back and forth. And I couldn't find it online anywhere and I was really anxious to see it on in a theater and it was one of the best looking movies I've seen in years, but it was okay. one of the best, I would say, just stories uh, and and how it's told and how it's directed and how it's acted. Uh, these two women in it, it's pretty much them for the whole movie. There's a couple of other actors in it, but right on. Um, and it's all in French, but it, it is uh, it is one of the best of the year. And it it was up for some stuff at Oscar season, like it was part of last year's Oscar season, but it just didn't get much love, and it really should have. I would say it was as good as anything else that was up for okay, everything. Okay, so good recommend on um, that one. Do they use CG flames, or do they really get down and dirty and actually <laughs> light them on fire? So, yeah, no, she she de- <laughs> she definitely catches on fire. Um, <laughs> um, and um, and the way back, I really we really both loved, enjoyed. We I both love the way back. I, I think you know that I'm not a big sports guy, but like this kind of story from Ben Affleck, who's he can be kind of problematic. Sometimes we go, eh, do we should, should sure. care about sure. him? But, you know, he directs Argo and it's really well made and he acts in a movie like this and you're like, he's definitely got some chops, you know. He really, really, really um, carries that movie very well. Um, yeah, this was a big one for him in terms huge, of performance. I mean, I, I read an article where he said, um, you know, this is the role he's most proud of and obviously we know he he's had be. struggles with alcohol. Right, right. But I, that's not, laughable at all i know this isn't like one of the movies everyone's going to remember he did right but if you watch it i mean he he really brings home a really really great performance i thought yes. um just really uh, gut-wrenching and believable Absolutely. and gritty and and i love sports movies as you know but um i drug just to that one she did not want to go and oh, really? <laughs> uh 30 minutes in she was uh, like making little noises. I mean, like gasping and squealing, like you know, oh. in the games and in Affleck. So she ended up like you know, literally like punching sure. me in the arm at points sure. and stuff. So it was a big winner for both of us. I was uh, pleasantly yeah. surprised I, by. I loved it. We were both it. really it's, moved. It's one of those I can't say that I'm going to watch more than maybe one more time. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I, but really, really, really effective. It's worth it's worth a view. Uh, yeah. Not that you're gonna yeah over and over again. Well, we also like sure. the other movies that director has made, like Warrior and um, yeah, what was the other yeah. one? Warrior uh, was solid. But but he's made some really good stuff, so it's good. It's good. Um, did you see Onward yet? No, haven't watched Onward. I know it's available now. So they put it on demand, but it'll be on Disney Plus soon. So yeah. if you have Disney Plus, I think got uh, in a few yeah. days they're gonna release it on Disney Plus. Um, watch it because it's uh, it's a medieval movie. I mean, even though it takes place yeah, yeah. in this weird world yeah. of its modern life and everything. Right. But you know how that. I feel about the medieval genre. Right. I hate it. You love so it. So fucking like me. much. <laughs> and <did>. uh, <laughs> I saw it with Lander, uh, you know, when it was in theaters, we saw it in IMAX also. And it, um, I wouldn't put it in the top tier of Pixar, but I had such low expectations for it. I'm going to yeah. see every Pixar movie, no matter what. Right. But right. <clears throat> I had such low expectations and I 
fucking loved it. It's got a weird That's first awesome. like twenty minutes where I was like, uh, you know, the the writing wasn't entirely capturing me, and I was like, right, this is going right. to be really corny, and it's not going it, to, it, it's going, I'm going to feel like this. But by the middle of it. I'm totally captured, and by the end of it, I'm like, oh my god, this is insanely creative to a level that I haven't seen in a Pixar movie. Because all Pixar movies are creative, but when they, when there's truly something original, you look at movies like, you know, Up, or um, or uh, I, I'm not a big fan. Wally, of Toy Up. Story. Well, what I would, yeah, yeah, I would say even Wally to some extent. Wally. Um, there's there's some movies that I don't consider to be wildly original. They might be really well told stories, but in terms of concepts, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like okay, Wally is eh, okay, yeah, right, we're, right. yeah, we're dealing I with things that we know about, and we, and then you go to something like Inside Out, and you're like, this conceptually yeah. is mind blowing. It's kind of profound, yeah. And I Inside Out onward. Onward maybe isn't on the same level, but it's closer to that level where I'm kind of more blown away by the creativity of the storytellers and the animators right on. than I ever thought I would be um, with <laughs> medieval shit that I don't care about. Yeah. Um, well, that's good to hear, man, because out, I yeah. remember you initially being like, oh, I'm just – this it doesn't look good to me bad. at all, and I think they've run out of ideas. And <laughs> yeah. you, you were very vocal about it looked uh, bad. how bad it was. And I, me. being wiser you know, and, and understanding <laughs> medieval tales, said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And so right, it's nice. right, right. You remember I said that. So I do. Um, I do. I'll, that's that's I'll, my Trump I'll, go-to. Now, now remember, I was right about this. <laughs> Well, um, well, lastly, you didn't get to see Call of the Wild, though, before it. No, didn't get to Call of the Wild. Um, what What did you think of the CG dog? I, and, uh, I, okay, Harrison? so that's another one where we talked about me really not believing that it being a CGI dog would uh, would kind of bring it home. Right. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed that movie. Like, awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed that movie. My mom and, and brother loved it. They thought it was uh, really great. I th- it, And, you know, it's reflected in the reviews. It's... Um, there's there are elements of some of the dialogue and some of the CG that are less than that are okay. definitely not right. there, but by the end of it, between Harrison Ford's performance and the story that they're telling and yeah. some of the visuals, even though it's so computer, it's such a computer generated movie. All the environments that they're in are fucking just green screen, green right. screen everywhere, right, right, right. and I that's tough for me to stomach because. You know, I mean, yes, we know it's hard to bring a, a crew out to, but it's called you know, the, the fucking wild. Sierras. It was a movie to go out yeah, there. A hundred percent. That's what like... I'm saying is that this movie wasn't cheap. It was go still on, a very expensive movie, but they couldn't get them out into real environments very much. Right. There, there are a couple of shots where you're like, okay, that looks sort of real, but for the most part, it's really, really fucking fake. But somehow they pull it off. Um, I fair enough. I so enjoyed the movie, and uh, I'll be interested to see. I mean, look, man, I, I, I owned gonna... I owned uh, White Fang, Iron Will uh, on VHS growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, if it's right, a right. dog adventure movie, and and I'll see. As you know, I, I'll see anything with Harrison. I, I legitimately I went through does a great the job. other day, and I've seen all of Harrison Ford's movies, everyone. Right. So that includes all the really bad ones because they're, they're you know a lot right. when he was starting out. And I was like, Hollywood homicide. Well, I'm, I'm a Harrison. 
I remember seeing that in the theaters. Um, is that oh, my man. hidden gem for this week? Hollywood Hobbinside? Yeah, that'll be. Oh, dude. You know what? This is the never meet your heroes section because did you ever read anything about? Yeah, Ian? I've I've read that Josh Hartnett and oh, him God. had a terrible relationship. I, I, um, I cringe. I wanted to cry for him based on his experience with Harrison I blame Ford. Josh Hartnett. I automatically blame <laughs> Josh Hartnett. It's I don't, be his fault. I, Fuck don't, him. I don't I don't believe it. Um, Harry's the man. Hey, I need um, to get some more mezcal. You can either vamp or you can wait. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp for a second. Okay, uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, you you go get something. And I, are coming just me up. and All the right, listeners. Back. Just me. Yeah, me and the listeners. Um, so I just wanted to say quickly while Kelly's gone that I'm really the heart and soul of this podcast. Um, you know, he does some of the tech stuff, but let's be honest. Um, you know, you need the color guy. You need the talent uh, to be here. And I uh, I don't do a whole lot of research. Uh, you know, but I I show up. I'm on time, and um, you know, I bring uh, I bring the flavor. I bring most of the imitations, you know, that are on this pod. And um, I also okay, think back. that I bring kind of a, a lot of heart to it. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Kelly, you back? You didn't Did tell I... him about my pubes, did you? you, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, was good that, color work. That was, a, that was another Wayne's World, too. You just missed it because Ian Fleming was just here oh. uh, two seconds ago. Um, or is good. Matt Gorley? So, yeah, Matt Gorley was here as Ian Fleming. Um, I did want to say quickly, man, um, because we – as I mentioned, we both saw all the way back and uh, we went <laughs> right. to see the hunt together. Yep. And I, I dug, I dug that, that movie. I just want yeah, to totally. you know, recommend it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of wild, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then um, the other thing uh, that I was going to say is um, Dr. Sleep. You said you finally saw that one. Yeah, man. So I what remember because this is, you know, months later, you guys saw it when it was yeah, in theaters yeah. and everything. And um, I did not rewatch The Shining. I was thinking about rewatching The Shining, but I, I guess the last time I saw it was probably like three or four years ago. Right, right. Um, maybe a little longer. And I, um, but I had never seen Room 237. So I watched Room 237. <laughs> and um, and by the way, I didn't finish it. I got it's most of the through. way through it. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. I just, yeah. I cannot, I can't. <laughs> I can't watch something like that. You can only I, take that movie as this is how crazy human beings can be. This I, is how I don't know how that movie got made or how I don't know how so many people know about it. Yep. Because it, it feels like a movie someone made in their basement and that's probably what it is. <laughs> Listen, I can't, man, this, I can't even this fathom only who made this. speaks to the like the mythos of Stanley Kubrick. Uh, the only reason that movie got made <laughs> right, and right. people know about it is because there are enough theories because he was He's such a interesting he was such weird a genius guy. and at yeah, least like yeah. an intriguing figure in so many other ways that It's just like any artist, real artist. Insane. If we were to if we were to have conspiracy theories about, you know, fucking Van Gogh, they would get, you know, a lot of attention just because right, right. there would be something to talk about. Well, um, this, this is like yeah. Steven Soderbergh saying that, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the most well-made movie of all time. And you can <laughs> Does he say color. that really? Oh dude, he he's talked <laughs> about, he's talked at links and it's fascinating. I love Soderbergh. I think he's, Oh, sure, I think sure, he sure. loves movies so much. I don't love all his movies, but right. I love him. But, but yeah, don't yeah. you dig that his career is he's going to try everything? He's going to stick mm-hmm, a toe mm-hmm. in here, do something totally different. Did you see a Bubble? TV movie over here. What's that? <laughs> Bubble? His movie Bubble? No, no, I have not. <laughs> I have not. He's, just, he's a crazy motherfucker. But Anyways, no, that's what he, and, and, yeah. he's, and he sees everything. He watches everything. And, and some of his stuff are masterpieces and some fail. But it's like he'll try everything. I dig that. So he yeah. was saying that Raiders of the Lost Ark, you can take all the color out. You can change the score. You can... He he said like the putting together of that film from shot to shot, like the pace, everything is he, he says is as perfect as you could ever do, and he's watched it like hundreds of times, right? 
Right. And and I believe that he thinks that. And I think if I was listening to him talk for an hour, it'd be interesting. But imagine if now you took a documentary and made one around 20 other fans who have not made movies <laughs> who just like Spielberg trying to explain why it's a perfect movie. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of how I think this room uh what is it? 237? Room 237. Yeah. yeah. Would be, it's like a bunch of people who you're like, this guy's yeah. just a nut. Like, like yeah. this guy's built his own what it is. religion yeah. off of this one, you know, tomato can or whatever. What, what's weird. And uh, this might not be accurate, but as I'm watching that and I'm kind of gathering who these people are, what they do for a living, what they represent. I'm like, a lot of these are academic type people right <laughs> okay and i'm like this says something about academia that they <laughs> this is an offshoot of their and maybe not their curriculum but their uh mindset as educators right. that this other concept that they're talking about can be factual and then in the same breath, they go teach a room full of kids. You know, I'm, I'm we're just bleeding like, into it's, the hunt. It's, it's and, yeah. and the ammunition for the conservative argument right now, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I hate it, to do it, it <laughs> but it, it is worth. It's it's a worthy thing to discuss. There's not nothing. There's not nothing there. I just want kids to have an open mind and not uh, believe everything they hear. It's all. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's anyways, fair. so yeah, that that was fun. Um, but uh, getting back to your doctor sleep question, which is. Um, I, uh, when I started it, I noticed how long it was Yeah, and I, I didn't put that together. I mean, you don't, unless you know that it's a big movie, like a once upon a time in Hollywood or a star Wars or something, you don't assume that it's going to be like fucking three hours. Yeah. And that movie is like almost three hours. Right. And I'm like, what are they going to do for three hours? What is this movie possibly going to be? And with the exception of disagreement about the color of the Uh movie Uh meaning that that's something i thought about when the trailers are coming out where i was just like this has a very specific look right that is all done in post like the color correction of the movie the choices that they made were really bizarre um but taking that out of it i thought it was really incredible what they did which is that this is a movie that takes place in the same universe and yeah there are obviously plenty of callbacks to the shining and certain parts of it are entire shining segments. But, um, the amount of really good, like long dialogue scenes that happen in that movie that I'm not annoyed by or bored by I'm engaged with and I'm interested by what they're saying and why they're saying it. I, it just caught me off guard because by the end of the movie, I was like, that is extremely well made. Yeah, and told, and it clearly was marketed. And you t- you said this on the podcast months ago, but it's clearly marketed to be like the shining sequel, and and it is sort of. Yeah, but bit. it's just a good movie. Yeah, it's really good. You're touching on the same stuff I talked about. Where I, I know we, yeah, we yeah. both really liked it. Just loved it. I really mm-hmm. liked it. The my only problem with it was for the same thing you just kind of said is. I just like it as not necessarily a shining sequel um, for the reason that I thought instead of building off of the shining sort of mythology that was established, I kept waiting for that. They do go back to the hotel. Right. But, right. but ultimately Spoiler. they just develop their <laughs> own new mythology. You know what I mean? Like right. that's right. really what this was. And, and they do it great and it's effective and it's super. And the same thing you said, it's 
almost three hours and yet I did not get bored and I wasn't like, how are they going to wrap this up? Uh, we, I don't know we, that it needed to be that long, but it didn't bother me. We talked about this concept uh, months ago when it came out of what is, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, is nothing sacred? That's kind <laughs> yeah. of the ultimate yeah, question. For sure. If you can make a movie and just kind of, essentially what you're saying is retcon the story or the backstory of a classic, you know, if, I mean, we're, we're getting so much of it with Star Wars yeah, and all these yeah. other things. But, I mean, what if someone came out with, I'm trying to think, what what are the holy grails? I mean, if you made a Casablanca Godfather, sequel yeah, Casablanca or a Godfather, yeah. yeah, if you made a sequel out of one of these classics and rewrote the kind of the origins of it, um, right. right? wouldn't that piss everybody off? And shouldn't that piss everybody off? And people yeah. that are huge Shining fans that are not Stephen King purists, but like Kubrick purists, shouldn't they be upset? Shouldn't they be allowed to be upset? And yes, I think the answer is yes, because why make this movie? Why the fuck make this movie? I agree with you a hundred percent. The only out that I give on this one. And the only thing that makes this different to me than everything we're talking about is that Stephen King did write Dr. Sleep, right? Like, so this is a novel. He wrote a sequel to his book, the shining. Did he write it? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't so, even know it was a separate book. But, I, okay, I'm pretty sure enough. I'm right. Unless I'm making this up, I'm almost positive that I, I know this is true. And and so the the issue with this is, you know, uh, Kubrick took made The Shining the movie, which is really very separate from the book. And and King, that's the one adaptation that King always hated of all of his stuff. I mean, he was vocal. About oh, I do. Hating, yeah, I just looked it up, man. Yeah. So 2013, he released this novel and here's, here's the thing though dude he i didn't even stop, know that he had to stop talking shit about the shining to reacquire the rights to write the sequel book the only reason he finally stopped shitting on the movie the shining Let's and get the rights he had back. to go to kubrick and like basically say look i want to get the rights back they had an agreement where it was like you have to stop talking shit about the shining but one of the <laughs> things he had really shit on a lot was just how terrible not the performance of Jack Nicholson was, which is a performance everybody loves, but right. how much it did not reflect the character in the book and how much the movie was worse because this character wasn't played correctly. And Kubrick, Kubrick apparently literally was like, oh, no, you can keep talking shit about Jack's performance, just but you can't keep talking shit about the movie. Like He, <laughs> did, he didn't make him stop saying that was the one thing. And I don't know if that was like a big fuck you, you know, to Nicholson or if he just thought that was funny or what, but. I found that pretty <laughs> funny, um, but but again, well, the movie, that the that actually gives that gives book. some weight to all these conspiracy theories that he that he used the movie as a uh, a Trojan horse of concepts and uh, and points that he wanted to make, and he really didn't want Stephen King uh, shitting on these concepts. Hey, listen, and it, the individual performances were not important to him because those it weren't gives part of some the weight to conspiracy. it. But Kubrick would laugh just as much at this whole idea that you know uh, I, what I, I did think is so, I stood yeah. in that closet and I made the closet just right, you know, a thousand yeah. times, you know, right, right. Um, anyway, it's very bizarre. Um, but, but I'm glad you but dug also, it, man. We dug it. Spoiler alert for Doctor Sleep, but some of the characters from The Shining are recast in it. Um, the mom right, and Jack right. Nicholson are both recast and. That was so incredibly jarring to see yeah. someone play. <laughs> it, it was one of the most jarring oh, yeah. things I've ever seen in a movie was someone playing Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, you know, additional dial, you know, not, even not the recreating in the hotel scenes. Also, uh, all of them, all it was of them. Weird. Yeah, it, it incredibly weird uh, to see. I just I don't know many instances of that happening. We just saw like Ready Player One 
Yeah. You know, Spielberg oh, movie recreated a whole section of it. Probably way better than, the, than yeah. they did. That and was this, the only thing in Ready Player One that I thought was incredible and I liked. That which like is a bummer. Which, like, wow. by the way, have you read that book yet? No, I have not. Please, please do if you get a chance. You're welcome to borrow mine um, or uh, I, I prefer the Audible version of it if you get a chance because it's narrated by Will Wheaton. And oh, nice. Does, okay. it's, it's, a, it's actually, I've read the book and I've listened to the audio book of it twice and oh, nice. the audio book okay. of it is 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 about 19 hours long or 20 hours long and it's a singular like piece of entertainment that i love so greatly yeah that i've heard if, this from if, a lot of people if you so can just play it in the car or something yeah. it, it is it it's like watching a great sci-fi movie uh, for 19 hours it's so fucking satisfying Too bad the movie anyways the point too. is that boy yeah that that uh, movie uh, shit on so much of the book, which is a bummer because the guy who wrote the book wrote the movie. But um, the the shining sequence doesn't happen in the book. In the book, it's uh, I don't even remember what it is, but it's, right. it's some other movie where you're like, oh, I want to see that. You know, it was like it was like the Breakfast Club or fucking Ferris Bueller or something like that. So see, that and, was a Kubrick move. You take the book, you change <laughs> yeah. it around, and exactly. you use a Kubrick scene. Exactly, exactly. And we right figured on. out we figured it all out. Well, um, if any of our anyways. listeners want to call in at eight oh five movie six and read the book to me in segments, I'll listen to that. Uh, <laughs> that just a challenge. Really, people are bored right now, Kelly. People are bored. Hey, you um, know, well, that's a good I, point. hey man, I really want to dive into TV, but um, let me rattle yep. off real quick. I, I did kind Tell of me. a well, you I, saw. I, I really dove into some of the stuff that I just missed. Not all mm-hmm, amazing mm-hmm. stuff, but over the last several years, yeah. Um, so in addition to the way back before the movie theater shut down, we went and saw Downhill. Which, uh, oh, right. Which, was that good at all? It had bad reviews. Uh, I thought it was. I mean, it's not a movie. It's a movie that's interesting, and you're like, oh, they really did something there. But then also you leave, and you're like, ah, I kind of feel shitty now. And you know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what I'm taking fair from enough, this. Fair other than, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. I may have talked about this. I honestly can't remember last time, but did I tell you about The Laundromat? That I that I watched. Oh, I saw it. That's a Soderbergh Netflix movie, and yeah. I haven't watched it yet yeah. with uh, Meryl Streep. I'm gonna watch it, but uh, uh, was good. it any good? We're seeing kind of a kind of felt like a poor man's like The Big Short. It's very okay. much like that right. kind of style and that feel. Interesting, um, but interesting. The reason we actually watched it is um, uh, Jess and I went up to Arrowhead, and they shot large oh, portions right. there, and they were talking about that. Sure. Uh, it made me want to watch it. Um, I I jumped into some that I missed. You you spoke about GoldenEye earlier, um, and I watched The Foreigner. Um, oh right, which I yeah, had never seen. Me. Which is uh, that's j- good. Uh, yeah, Campbell. It's uh, Martin it Campbell? Campbell. Martin Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah who's Martin the best Campbell. Bond director ever? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, actually, man, surprisingly entertaining, fun all the way through. As was American Assassin. I expected nothing yep. from either of those movies, and I'm not saying they're shining, you know, golden nuggets or anything, but uh, but definitely fun and worth. No, watching. they definitely didn't get the love that they should have. Right, right, exactly. Uh, As just like solid action movies. Jumped in on uh on one that I. I never saw in the theaters, which got, I think, really bad reviews. Uh, Chips. Did you see the movie oh, Chips? I actually did see Chips. Cracked me up. Pretty much when it came out. And I, I did enjoy it. Just Cracked me up. I think both of those guys are really funny. Me too. That's and what it was. you'd have to really fucking have some terrible dialogue to not 
laugh at those guys. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just the fact that like Dax Shepard is like a big motorcycle guy and he's yeah. doing Some all his own motorcycle stuff. stuff. Was really impressive. Yeah, like really, really impressive motorcycle stuff. I, I um, don't know what people yeah. wanted from that movie and I'm not saying they should have made it, <laughs> but like, cause I remember everybody really hating it and never saw it. And then we were watching it just bored here and watching it on the TV. And I was just like, this is funny. This is like cr- cracking me up. Like this no, is a good, funny. fun, stupid police movie. Um, and then the only other thing, um, this, this is going way back. This is 80s John Cusack. But uh, did you ever see Hot Pursuit? Not the one with that came out recently. No, with, I don't uh, think I know what that is. Uh, well, it was a John Cusack movie where he's he's in school. He's trying to pass his you know his big exam or whatever, and then he's going to go on a vacation with his girlfriend's parents. Okay, it's very very 80s. Um, but he doesn't pass the exam, so he's going to have to stay for like a summer session. Oh, so he's going to miss okay. this incredible trip. But then basically his his professor comes in and tells him, look, I'm just going to pass you. You know what I mean? Like he like just gives him a pass. So the whole movie is him chasing after the family. Now he's missed the flight. So he has to try to charter another flight. That's really interesting. They're moving yeah. all over. And dude, it, it's batshit crazy. So the movie takes like a hard left and goes from comedy to like almost super dark thriller. <laughs> Like really? <laughs> in the middle. And, and it's almost like a, you know, a Bollywood movie sometimes will just kind of jump from genre to genre. Um, right. Anyway, it, it's really bizarre, man. And Ben Stiller shows up not co- in a comedic role at all, what although it's hilarious. This? What's that? What year is this? It's got to be oh, eight, God, oh, early 90s, maybe late, 87. Oh, late 80s. Yeah, okay, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's late 80s and they're, they're all very young. But Jesus he, Christ, he is yeah. literally a psychopathic. He's, kind of terrifying <laughs> it's it's so funny because like, i mean it shouldn't be but it stays funny because it's not trying to be funny anymore um this so is a good one a i'm gonna put it on to, my list yeah if, if i get, get it i like to, i like this if i get a chance yeah yeah dive back into that one yeah you'll have <laughs> yeah since i know you don't have a lot Every, of time everything i've texted my mom to watch like when when tiger king was on we'll get to tiger king right, but right. everything that i've texted my mom to watch she's written back like Okay, starting in now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep, that's how it works. There's nothing else going Just on. It's like Mr. Okay. Right. It's on yeah, now. I'll watch it. I'll watch it right now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that pretty much it's, wipes it's out. Not, it's not like the old days. <laughs> that pretty much wipes out uh, um, the flicks that I've seen. Uh, what? what um, uh, let's, get, the, let's jump into TV. We're going to talk about TV. I, the last thing I want to say about movies is just that this is a more personal thing. Making Waves is a documentary oh, that right. was in theaters and it didn't get really any attention because it was such a small release it's available on demand now i don't think it's free on any streaming services but um if you want to get a really good idea of the um the uh sound industry as far as movie making goes uh, as a whole uh, meaning all the aspects of sound that go into making a movie um it's an outstanding documentary they get some of the best interviews from some of the best directors, producers, people involved in film uh, that I've ever seen. I mean, we're talking Scorsese, Spielberg, you you name it. They're in there. Lucas, they're all in there giving these incredibly good, candid interviews. Um, and, and it's beautifully shot. And of course it sounds amazing because, you know, well, anybody, any, yeah, anybody <laughs> involved in this movie must have been like, all right, well, we're we're so passionate about telling this story and really making people understand sound um, and sound mixing and sound design and uh, score and all of these elements of sound in film that um, it has to be, you know, perfect. Uh, and it is essentially perfect. Um, so I highly recommend Making Waves uh, as good of a 
documentary about filmmaking as I've ever seen. Right on. Yeah, I, I really want to see that one. I rented it on iTunes. You can do like the three ninety nine rental on iTunes. Um, cool. But anyways, yeah, that's it for the movies. So yeah, let's talk about TV because there's definitely a lot of TV going on. Man, um, yeah, it really has been. You want to start? Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. So I um, I just have a few written down here that I've gotten into since the last one. Um, Devs is a miniseries on FX that's on Hulu. Um, FX and Hulu made a deal where uh, the night after something airs on FX, it's on Hulu. So that's a new thing. Um, before you'd have to wait, you know, months and months and months for a full season to come out. Um, but, uh, anyways, devs is Alex Garland's show. Have you watched it? No, have not. So Alex Garland directed Ex Machina, wrote and directed Ex Machina, and he directed, um, Annihilation and he's just an outstanding director. I enjoyed both. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's outstanding and he's got a certain, you know, certain aesthetic. Uh, you know, obviously Ex Machina is very, minimalist and it's very clean and it's very um um uh you know t- technology focused right and that's right. what devs is it's about a, a a guy played by nick offerman who is the head of uh a um big weird silicon valley tech company that we don't really know what they do um and it's about their like top secret r&d division which is called devs and it's like what does devs actually do and that's kind of the the intrigue of it all um anyways it's a mini series it's not a series so it's it's only got eight episodes and they've aired i think six of them and it's really outstanding i i just like his vibe a lot right um highly highly recommend that um, been watching Better Things, one of my favorite shows. High Maintenance is on right now, watching that. Westworld, the new season started. It's okay. I'll keep watching it just because they spend like so much fucking money on it that it's just <laughs> right. interesting right. to see what they do with that money. Right. Um, right. I finished Vita season two. Vita is one of my favorite shows on TV, and no one fucking watches it. I've never met another person <laughs> that watches Vita. It's on stars. You still haven't because I have not seen it either. No one, yeah, no one has stars, um, but. But uh, it's on stars and it's fucking outstanding. It's a half hour like comedy drama type show uh, about Isn't these Vita two. just life? Isn't that the word <laughs> yeah. life? It's, yeah, it's these two sisters, uh, Mexican sisters in Boyle Heights, L.A. And they uh, their mom dies and they inherit. Uh, they essentially have to come home to handle everything that's going on. Right. Because it was an unexpected death. And um, dealing with their mom's situation, which was that her mom uh, had come out as a lesbian and had married this woman that they never met. Uh, and her mom owned a bar slash um, apartment building. And so they have to take over running this bar and apartment building. Right. Um, and um, anyways, it's it's an extremely, extremely well acted and written show. Um, and then okay. lastly, of course, Tiger King. Binge that. Binge <laughs> the fuck out of that. Oh man, I think everybody in America, yeah, has seen Tiger <laughs> King and has come back together over at this point. That yeah. listen, the, I just want to spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't. If you haven't seen it at this point, you know, I don't know. Nobody's doing anything. So what are you doing? No, yeah, of course. But um, there is a moment in that show <laughs> where I, I'm not shitting you, man. I haven't laughed that hard <laughs> tell, in <laughs> ten years. Easy, easy. Tell me. Tell I me, spit tell me. out my drink. I was convulsing. <laughs> Jess was checking me. I was going red. I couldn't breathe. So it, it's not necessarily even one of the moments that's the craziest. It's no, when, it. when yeah. he first decides I'm I'm getting into politics and they bring in 
the guy who's his campaign manager to interview. Are you, are you and, talking and dude, about the vaping moment? This, yes. <laughs> well, well, this is what he says. It's actually exactly what he says. Yeah, yeah, and it has good. to do with his delivery as well, right? So he says, and he came in talking about, you know, uh, going into politics. And he wanted me to be his campaign manager. And here's the line. He says, and I said, you're kidding me. That is my dream job. And I knew he was batshit crazy from our conversations at Walmart. Dude, I swear to God, I wasn't expecting. First of all, it's his dream job, right? But then he's explaining to us. I knew how he crazy he was. I was he's still going to take He was a manager it. at Walmart. But he follows that with like a slight, just a little ellipses, right? Like a little pause. And then from our conversations at Walmart. And I was not ready. And I don't know why that struck me. So exactly like in the funny book, but it cut me to the core. I was dying like <laughs> the country accent, which felt so familiar to me. Yeah. And yeah. all of it. I mean, just our conversations at Walmart when I learned he was fucking nuts and I was going to be his campaign manager and it's my dream job. And he's so excited. I, I lost my shit, dude. I could not yeah. keep it together. I get it. I get I it. I was crying. We had to pause it for so long. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is insane. And, and here's my question. I think. What these documentaries have shown us and what like streaming and having this stuff available. And it feels like there's another 10 documentaries that are all well-made, but they're all interesting subjects, right? We're exploring all these subjects that used to not really have an outlet, or at least it feels like they didn't to me. Right. And all these documentaries are coming out and I know they go for the nuttiest people, but it, it really makes me wonder, like the human experience is so varied. You know, I, I mean, Jess was watching something the other day, like the weirdest addictions, and it's like 25 people with it. One person is eating the inside of a bed. Like they can't stop eating the, the inside of a bed. And this is a real thing. Okay. And they're tearing a hole in their stomach and doctors have to get involved. You have to stop this. Um, it, one guy's in love with his car. He has sex with his car. Um, okay. And like some of these may be just people looking for like, uh, you know, uh, attention, attention, but not, but all of them can't be. And, and they also, they seem very genuine. And I'm just like, I know there are 7 billion people and I know that's an overwhelming number, but how many fucking nuts are there? Like is humanity, are we going to make it dude? Like I, you know, maybe I'm just thinking because of the <laughs> outbreak, but I never realized how many people we all have our struggles, but how many people are just what you would think are off the wall nuts, just like yeah. out of their minds. And and so the big, this big cat documentary made me wonder, okay, is this particular subculture, is there something tied into our psyche where people who are very interested in exotic animals and big cats, they tend to be a little more off, you know, like a little wilder? Or is this just people are insane and and here are some insane people? Because every character that documentary takes on, it could be their own documentary. I would imagine that psychologists will say that there is a... Uh, that this subset of people that has this natural yeah. predilection for big cats and all the other bullshit that comes along with it are going to inherently have a lot of weird <laughs> quirks so. and, yeah, and interests. And but uh, but uh, who knows? I mean, the it's not our job to ask why. It's our job to ask <laughs> when do we get season two. That's our job. <laughs> As oh man <laughs> write that down that's a sound because, that's the back because, of the cover the box on blockbuster when you want that review for our podcast because it 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 if all of this you know the the season ends and joe's in jail and you know he's in I, a cage you know, like an is animal it, is it crazy i mean okay so 
let's just start by saying that everybody involved in this show, with the exception of some of the people, the 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 uh, employees of the situations, with the exception of some of them, all the main some people portrayed are fucking terrible. They're the yeah. worst. They're yeah. the fucking worst. Joe we, is the Florida man. You know that Reddit thing <laughs> Florida man says? Sure, sure, he sure. is the embodiment yeah. of that. Well, he's in Oklahoma, but, but it anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's the Florida man. <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting at here is that it's weird because I'm so cl- conflicted watching this whole thing. And by the end of it, and even now, after seeing all this you know, stuff, you see a million memes a day about it. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Joe a lot and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because you I shouldn't, shouldn't but I, I but shouldn't give a shit about him and I should also be like he's done so many weird fucked up things and he definitely has hurt a lot of people and he's definitely harmed some animals he's and exhausting. He, he's he's, do, he's done exhausting. so right exactly. But at the same time just from a like a human level when you listen to these other people talk and when you see the body language of the other people i go yeah all these other people suck joe <laughs> i like <laughs> there's something about him well listen man I, he's charismatic i just think, he, he I just think we in. we should free him <laughs> he, he's entertaining look free, if anybody should be exotic. in jail it's that Hashtag. uh that uh husband killing mongrel carol ba- carol baskin carol yeah is that her name baskin I don't know, like Baskin uh, he, Robbins. He's under the septic tank. Believe me, guys, he's um, down there. It's so fucking weird that that show could not have been more perfectly timed. We were all so ready for it. Yeah, just like yeah. fuck yeah, I'll watch that. That sounds awesome. This this is Click. interesting because everybody's <laughs> asking now for them to push up. I, I've been so excited. There's a a giant, huge, like ten part Bulls documentary for Michael Jordan's last season. Oh right, right, and right. it's like for the sports world, that's like the thing everyone was anticipating this year. Put it up now. That was supposed to come out in June for the finals. Now we're probably not yeah. going to have a finals. Right. And uh, and everybody is asking. I mean, LeBron James is asking for it. He's like, right. why would you not bring it out now? So they're, they're saying they're going to move it up to April. And that really is for me, along with like, well, a lot of the movies we're not get, who knows when we're going to get them now. The new yeah, James exactly. Bond movie and Top Gun we talked about. That was one of the most anticipated things for me. So I'm right. hoping it'll come because that'll change my whole I, I'll stay in here for a whole day. Right, 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 right. But Tiger King was very much like, what do you got for us? You know, streaming. Yeah, yeah. Show me what what you got. Everyone was fucking nailed it. Well, one of the ones that, uh, not to diverge from Tiger King, because we could talk about it all day, obviously. Um, But I tried Amazing Stories, which is an Apple show, obviously based on the Steven Spielberg show. Right. Um, It's fucking garbage, man. And I'm not going to talk about it too much because it's not worth it, but. Um, you know, it's an Apple show with presumably a huge budget, executive produced by Spielberg, a takeoff of their original anthology series, and it is so bad. It's just Drag. like C, B, and C grade television at the most, like lifetime level TV. Ugh. I just, I don't understand how they can make something that's so obviously bad. And by the way, I didn't watch like all of them. They have many episodes. I watched the first two or I didn't even finish the second one. Cause I was like, this is so not good um, right. and doesn't, right. doesn't capture, you know, what it, what it, what it's trying to, it's totally fucking fake. Um, Fair enough. but anyways, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably all the TV that I've been watching. Mostly movies I've been watching. So, so. the other one that I would recommend to anybody who's looking for stuff right yeah. now, uh, I know you and I have talked about this off pod, but high fidelity. 
Oh yeah, we um, both watched that. I forgot. Always yeah. loved the movie. Um, really dug. I mean, honestly, man, it, it, it this is like fifty percent exact copy. You know, yeah, rehash. Really, which really I, I like, like the story enough that like I'm down. Word for word. Yeah, like line for line delivery, <laughs> which is jarring. But, but it, like, <laughs> it weirdly works. And the other fifty percent is like its own thing. It. And then By I the think end of just it, the gender switch is so yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And and just to have her in it being She's the cool. daughter so of fucking cool. of. Uh, of what's her face that was in the original. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's Lenny Kravitz and um, um, Zoe is the daughter of Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. So, um, you know, that that's like a really cool thing. And, and dude, for um, music fans, I mean, st- st- come on. The soundtrack yep. of that show is yep. just so fucking great. I mean, you know, it's going to be, but, um, and, no, and, they really and did for you and job, me, yeah. I mean, we, we talk in lists all the time and rank these. And right, right, right. And that's kind of – going back to the movie, that was one of the cool Extremely things satisfying, it. yeah. So anyway. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about some news. I'm just going to hit on a few news bullets, um, and uh, and then we can talk about some other things like uh, – we can talk about Picard for a while because I feel like – Yeah, we're going to dive people, into Star Trek People today. might not need to hear about Picard, but we need to we're gonna talk dive about into it. it. So this is our outlet. But we'll, we'll, we'll tell you when we're starting so you can bounce around if you're <laughs> right, not Star right, Trek right. Okay, so just some uh, news, some bullets in the news. Firstly, m- movie. I'm not even going to go into like new releases or trailers because oh, our whole movie releases? releasing <laughs> yeah. situation is so fucked right now. Crazy. Like I keep a pretty religious schedule of what movies are coming out when, and that's just all I have to throw it away. I have to ignore it, and I have to continue to ignore it for a while. Because right. we're just not going to know. The, know. the first one that made a really strong choice was um, uh, the Bond movie, No, no Time, Time to Die. die. Yeah. So Night, No I, dude, Time to I've Die still got, to I've still got my uh, – it's scheduled in my calendar for you and I buying those oh, right, tickets. Right, right. <laughs> well, you you got an automatic refund. I refunded mine right. before they sent me the refund, but it, whatever. So you, uh, you know it'll be Thanksgiving, which, by the way, is great because that's when Bond movies are supposed to come out. Right. This was kind of works. an exception yeah. to the rule that they were going to release it in the summer, which maybe right. would have made them more money, but this year is going to be so weird. So um, they moved it to Thanksgiving. Um, China's whole box office is such a fucking mess. Uh, the movie industry is losing billions, probably tens of billions of dollars at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just can't make it up on demand on the TV. Right. They can right. try, but ultimately you don't get as much. You know, there's just not as much um, on these big movies, anyways. Um, the little movies, the little movies might do better because yeah, they'll honestly. release on demand and people will pay the twenty Word bucks, and yeah, as opposed to, to just not see them at all. <laughs> you right. know, people don't right. have anything exactly. else to do. Um, but uh, anyways, no time did I moved. Um, I have a I have a note here that if you've never seen Last Man on Earth, that TV show, <laughs> now um, is the, now time. Is the time because it might give you some ideas on how to just oh, be great. totally isolated and survive. I got to get around to that one because I love I love that. So you never saw actor. any of it? No. No, I mean, I, I, I've seen like clips and I know what it's about. I but, loved yeah. that show. It had, I thought, a, a, an amazing vibe and tone that I think just ultimately because there weren't many people in it. I mean, spoiler alert, there are other people alive. <laughs> what gave that away? He interacts with, but yeah. not many. You know, there's just a few and the situations that they interact in, the situations that they find themselves in are extremely satisfying and, and, well, and great. As a fanatic um, MacGruber fan, I know. Right, right. And, you know, honestly, he's not my favorite part of the show. I love him, and I know he's probably the reason the show is good because he probably wrote it. 
uh, or whatever, but but it's mostly just the whole cast and right. situations that they find themselves in. He's his character in it is even a little annoying. I don't <laughs> love, enough. but yeah. but anyways, just conceptually, I think Last Man on Earth is a fun show to watch right now. Um, Kevin James has been doing this YouTube series. You've seen some of them, I know, right on YouTube. The Kevin James videos. Uh, I don't think I have, man. Oh, like the sound guy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. This, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, 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 yes. it's not I saw all the Star this, Wars one. And he did the Star Wars me. one. He did the Rocky one. He did some other ones. Um, but it, it, there's also some other original sketches. I just highly recommend everybody go to YouTube and subscribe. To yeah, Kevin the ones James. I've seen are really funny. Holy fuck! Really, really, really well done. Well produced. Um, anyways, um, another note I have here is that Monos, which was one of my favorite movies of 2019 that didn't get nominated for anything is now free on Hulu. Oh, right um, on. I'm writing that down. I got to see that. Please watch it. Um, it is, uh, it, it, it's just one of those hidden movies. Like no, it never comes up in the top of my feed or anything as a new release because it's such a small movie. Um, the reality is it's a dark movie. Uh, it's gritty. Um, it is a, a, a little bit of a long watch. I would say it, um, it it's uh yeah it's kind it was, of it was uh, one of your hidden gems man this is coming um, full circle it's just so fucking fantastic uh I, I think and part of the reason i love it so much is that i did see it in theaters um it has uh, i i think what i said before maybe the best sound design of any movie i've heard in years and years and years and years and years and what's tough is if you don't have really really good speakers you're probably not going to take in all of that but i just highly recommend everybody see that um monos it's about for what it's worth it's about um kind of guerrilla fighters very young like 12 to 16 year old guerrilla fighters in south america um so you know there's some politics involved and and kind of but it but it's ultimately just about these guerrilla fighters that live out in the middle of the fucking jungle and they um you know have a an agenda uh, to fight a certain group of people, and uh, but it's ultimately kids. So the reality is, it's kids with guns, and how kind of dark and weird that is. Yeah, it's gonna um, really pull you out of this funk you're in. The, in your yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not a. It's not a light movie at all. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. so fucking great. Um. Anyways, that's that. Uh, there's a couple of deaths recently. James Lipton Rest died. In peace. I, I could um, watch every Inside the Actors Every studio. single I, I think I've watched probably 50 of them. But, I've seen a lot. But, oh, my God. Uh, that's one that if I Google it, I should really just watch them in a row. Dude, the, it, the Mickey Rourke one, they're all great, but the Mickey Rourke one is really weirdly fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just super into it. I don't know. No, that's cool. I mean, that's that's a type of television that I can just get get on board with because yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it implied that the person on stage the actor was totally open they knew what environment they were in and right. they weren't kind of holding back and they were just being honest and they knew everything that they said would be appreciated and so given that context i just think it it just uh, uh there's not a whole lot of like kind of reality television like that well um, and the fact that lipton like i i got his book ended up reading his bio- autobiography and oh really the, that's probably good. the fact yeah. that he became like sort of uh, you know, known in pop culture to a degree that SNL had Will Ferrell spoofing him. <laughs> like, like think about that. Spoof, like, yeah. but, but that's yeah. like a, a, an incredible compliment that like, 
okay, here's a guy who does interviews with actors, right? For students. Right. Not, not, he's not really a celebrity. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he yeah, he became on the show, but yeah. yeah. Oh man. And he leaned into that and I thought that very, was very, very so, interesting. Rest in peace. 93. Yeah. I mean, 93 hell, he died. Man, I, I didn't um, realize he was that old. And then also Max von Sydow died. Legend. Also sad. Legend, yeah. dude. He's been like, a lot that, of great that, stuff. That is a career that, I mean, not all, not all even movies that I'm necessarily even want to watch, but right. like, but like, what, what a, broad spanning career you know fucking I mean, minority report oh my god yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> first one that comes to mind so good <laughs> no but i mean honestly like i mean from seventh seal you know all yeah, the way to all the way star up. wars you know uh force awakens i mean just wild anyway so rv weinstein since the last time we did Rest a podcast <laughs> got, yeah right yeah basically um he got his sentencing of 23 years in jail and then got coronavirus it just feels right doesn't it i, I mean i don't want to be uh, that yeah, guy that's, you know i know angry but you don't want to speak right. ill but, but but fuck it yeah it's fucked that sometimes guy. it does feel like god's plan doesn't it um that's really, really great. Um, I have some links here. I don't. None of these are things we need to really go into. But, um, but like uh, Michael Mann's doing an HBO series called Tokyo Vice coming up, which just sounds awesome. I'm a big Michael Mann fan, and one that Everybody I need to is. rewatch. Well, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> one that I need to rewatch is Miami Vice. When Miami Vice came out, yeah, yeah I saw did. it in theaters and I didn't like it. So no one did. I just, I and just everyone need- does now. <laughs> Well, th- that's what I'm saying. I need to watch it again and kind of, and now's the time. So I um, think, I think I recently rewatched that one for this reason. And, okay. uh, yeah. and, and it is flawed. The, the, the problems with that movie are brought up are accurate, but I think, uh, that when you kind of step back or you read some stuff and you kind of realize what they're going for, um, it sort of excuses a lot of that. And then, enough, and yeah. then the things just sort of in the construct of it, if that makes sense, are so good. That, you know what I mean? Sort of in the execution of it. It's just an interesting thing, man. That movie is almost an experimental movie to me. And oh, really? when you look at it that way, it's pretty dope. And um, and I don't mean everybody likes Michael Mann, but I do think every filmmaker that's good thinks Michael Mann's He's a such legend. a technical director. I put him in the same category as David Fincher. He's just yeah, so technical. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Heat's amazing. But Collateral's in my top probably five to oh, ten. Oh, yeah. Like, God. Definitely in top ten, maybe people top, don't talk like, about five, that one six, anymore, anymore. That movie was um, fucking fantastic. collateral to me is like fucking amazing. Yeah, it's um, great. It's great. But and, and look, Heat has the greatest shootout of all time. I mean, you know, right, it's like, right. come on, man. Um, Heat's I, great, but he doesn't have the like confidence of tone. I mean, it Heat's great. It, well, and it's also kind of loose and br- maybe a little too broad story. About, you know, like collateral stuff, right. like it carries straight. Through. And, exactly. and, and Miami exactly, Vice yeah. is on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, that's way beyond Heat in terms <laughs> of, wait, is too, there a story? Like what's going on? Wacky, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no real structure um, to right. it in that way, but, right. but almost by design. But yeah. Well, I, mean, I just like there. the idea of him being in charge of a, an HBO series, you know, as opposed to some other series. Like, I just think that that's, that fits. Um, so I'm, I'm digging that. Um, we got some stills. Let me click this link. You'll actually see it. Um, yeah, Birdman from stills from Birdman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From Matt Reeves, Batman. Um, his, the Batmobile is like a fucking charger Car. or something. <laughs> Um, it's very cool, but it's still just like a charger. Or, I'm sort I don't know of what ready for. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest Batman fan. I'm going to go see regardless, and I'm, people shouldn't really worry about me because this is not something that I'm a. They should answer to other fans before me, but right. I, I'm sort of ready for. You know, we had the 
you know, the Tim Burton Batman, which sure. I loved growing up because mainly because I was six, but, um, but also just because it's a fun world that he designed and the costumes right. are awesome and everything else. But then we had kind of the crazy off the wall, you know, Batman movies and then sort of the, the reset switch with Nolan. Right. And that was so gritty and grounded where and yeah, it was just yet a again car. With- What's this fucking Zack Snyder? Yeah, and, and too, then went, it's too many. Yeah, it's too many. Gambit straight up, and now it's it's almost just like you know, same as just overall superhero fatigue. It really is just kind of like, well, it's just uh, Batman fatigue. Like specifically beyond superheroes, like one superhero has kind of got me fatigued right now, and and even uh, Suicide yeah. Squad, you know, has like mentions of Batman. You know what I mean? It's like the world and Joker has you know, you know what it's, it's leading to. It's, it's a bit much. It's I, I I'm a hundred percent with you, and Batman is my favorite uh, superhero by far. Uh, yeah. But I I struggle with this idea that um, that it's the same thing that happened with Spider-Man, which is like, okay, we do a few Spider-Mans and then we reboot it and then it doesn't right. work out quite the way we want. So we reboot it again. Right. And it's like, and just like immediately reboot it. Like, Oh, that, you know, it, yeah. it's kind of like the three second rule. Like we dropped this Batman. Okay. Yeah, it let's take it back up. Yeah. They don't try to write the ship anymore. No, with a franchise. They just give up and start over. And, uh, the idea that now Matt Reeves is doing it, I hate Zack Snyder. I hate every movie he's made. I think he's a garbage hack filmmaker. Even 300? Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. 300. Fuck it. Um, but <laughs> but Matt Reeves um, is great. I love the uh, Apes movies that he made. Oh, yeah. And I just think that and – I, and I actually really, really – like I like Ben Affleck, but I don't think Ben Affleck was given the – the right stuff. Um, I really like Robert Pattinson. He's been in some amazing things, and he ha- I think he has more significant chops uh, than a lot of other Batmans. Uh, like yeah. e- even um, even Christian Bale. Like Christian Bale is not the reason those movies are good. Yeah, Christian, Christian Bale's an Bale incredible is incredible actor, but those movies were going to be impressive great. part of those movies. Like if you're talking about The Dark Knight as being the best one, Dark Knight is great for all the other things. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Heath Ledger, the production design, the action, the direction, the camera work. Ripping off the, Michael Mann's the, look just, for a movie. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Like just <laughs> realistic, gritty gun gunfights and everything. For sure. Like, uh, anyways, the point is that Robert Pattinson might end up being an amazing Batman. My, Matt Reeves might end up having a way better idea of what to do with it. Um, and uh, there's also, I don't think I have it uh, clicked here. But let me let me play a little clip. I don't know. Did you hear this? The music. So Michael Giacchino yeah. is doing the music for the Batman, um, and he released the other day a little um, <laughs> uh, a little. Uh, da, 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 where's my button? Um, a little like tease of the music okay. that he's writing for this. So stand by. In th- no, that's not it. Um, in three, two, one. I'm feeling this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board already. Damn, that feels almost like John Carpenter a little bit, like... I dig it, man. Yeah. I'm with you.
music can make the movie, dude. That's uh, definitely doesn't hurt. And, you know, Michael Giacchino is one of our better composers today. He's a little, he's a little, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, Disney, you know? Just because he's, he's so tied in with all the big mainstream blockbuster shit. He's not, he's not necessarily doing anything real experimental, but in terms of uh, quality and follow through, I think he, he definitely is one of our best composers. For sure. Um, And that sounds good yeah to me. sounds cool like, as shit. i fucking really dig it yeah. so i don't know uh, i mean obviously for uh, when accompanying the movie um the, yeah. the nolan movies you know there's there's definitely like a lot to be said for the score right. and how it right. sets the tone but i mean if you remember it feels kind of funny to <laughs> i'm not saying danny elfman's not good but it just feels kind of funny <laughs> to be giving him so many props for something so, like batman yeah, yeah. but if sure, you go sure. back to that original burton i mean that theme from the Burton Batman, that still is the Batman music. I mean, oh, that, sure. that music is fucking better than the movie, better than any of the movies. I mean, it's like that is just one of the great scores of all time. No, Danny Elfman is incredibly underrated. Uh, I just because yeah, we got to finish today, this whole thing with Danny Elfman. We, 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 we associate him <laughs> with so many ridiculous things now, uh, but he uh, he absolutely is outstanding. And um I totally agree with you. I mean, I was just thinking uh, about Batman Returns earlier. Batman Returns right. is my favorite Bond movie. And yeah, favorite Batman Bond movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's Batman also movie. the best Bond movie if you really want to get down it's, to it. It's my favorite Batman movie. Uh, and I found this um, news article. I don't know if you saw it here. But uh, that Marlon Wayans was originally cast to be Robin in that. And I didn't know that. It was in the news the other day. In Batman uh, Returns? In Batman Returns. Wow. So Marlon Wayans was cast to be Robin. Um, he was paid $100,000 for the role and then cut out of it. And I, I don't I don't actually you know. You know what? We weren't ready for it, man. White America, <laughs> not ready for it in 92. So, uh-uh. so I, I actually Too don't soon. know that they shot anything. But regardless, he was paid and he still gets royalties for it. Cinema Blend did it. That is awesome. Man, when so you're winning, you're right. winning. You know? Nicholson with his Joker product percentage. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Um, well, man, anyways. Uh, man, it's crazy. There could have been a world with Wayne's as, as Robin and Nick Cage as Superman. You know, right, a few years right, 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 right. It's so been, close. It would have been so a wild close. 90s. Um, okay, so a couple of last news things. Taika Waititi is doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Did you read that? Uh, yeah, for Netflix? and I love him. And uh, look, I'd be interested in his take. But just like Batman, I mean, this is the third Charlie the Chocolate Factory. So I think I, don't know. I, think, I like that story. Um, I grew up reading I think it, this but. is an okay amount of time. The original was in the 70s or whatever it was. The new one, Tim Burton one, was mid two thousands. I mean, that was a good, probably, f- f- yeah. It's got to be at least ten to fifteen years ago now. Yeah. It was like thirty so years between the first two, and now that that about yeah. tracks. Now fifteen, then it'll be five. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess that's <laughs> what I'm saying is that even though it it feels close, it's it's not that close. And considering that so many things are being turned into series and everything, maybe this will be a series. I don't know. Is he going to play uh, Willy Wonka? Do you know? Because <laughs> he know. could fucking do it. I mean, if he's I think, do it, he I think well that would make in. a lot of sense. Yeah, that would make anyway. sense. Um, and the last uh, bit of news is Mandalorian season two cast Michael Bean. I don't know if you saw that uh, as a um, bounty hunter, correct? I think so. Oh, and then boy, they man. also have uh, Robert Rodriguez doing at least an episode directing, which I think is perfect. I don't know what, other than Spy Kids, I don't know what the fuck else he's directing. Oh, he did the Grindhouse 
shit with right. Tarantino. <laughs> right. Right. But like, I don't count that stuff. I want to see him direct some Star Wars shit. I think Robert Rodriguez going back to basics, going back to real visceral, you know, just, just um, yeah, just just yeah, uh, pra- practical effect action shit, yeah. which is how Mandalorian feels to me. It feels like a, a practical Western. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good you know. choice, dude. Look, the, I think Rodriguez is a craftsman. I'm not saying he should do as yes. much as he does, but there's a guy who does like 12 things on all of his movies, right. you know? I mean, right. Like, right, right, everything. right. So... Uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, that's the that's the last of the news. Let's do some of the Rotten Tomato scores. You up for that? I, I'm not only up for that, but I have a spin <laughs> that I'm going to put it on. Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. Back Tell me. to you after you like you hit me with what you want to hit me with. Okay. And then and then I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this one back to you and sort of uh, just springboard us into Star Trek. So just let me know when Great. you're ready for it's that. Per- it's we'll perfect. We're gonna we're gonna do this list, which has. Six movies on it. Okay. Uh, and then uh, and then we'll do whatever you want to do. Okay, sounds um, good. Okay, so the first one is the movie we watched the other <laughs> night, Tremors. Now, yes, yes. Tre- I hadn't seen Tremors since – not since it came out because it came out in 1990, I think. But I saw it when I was young, so maybe 95, 96, 97. I was probably eight years old, whatever. And I absolutely have not seen it since then. Right. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was wacky and weird, uh, and I kind of knew that. Um, but what do you think it really got? This is an interesting one because Rotten Tomatoes came around when this movie would already have had like a nostalgic thing because it played on TV so much. Well, okay. Well, pause for a second. I, I could be wrong and listeners, you can definitely write in if you have more information, but the, the way that Rotten Tomatoes function, I mean, I see what you're saying, but right. the way that Rotten Tomatoes, at least the critical score functions is that it is based on their original oh, word. review. Okay. I, I realize right. that it gives the license for people got ya, got ya. in in the future to write in comments. Right. So that's why the audience score might be tilted. But I think that the critical score should be pretty accurate to what it was. Fair at enough. The time. Fair enough. I'm Anyways, with you. Okay. Go ahead. In go that ahead. case, I am going to say uh, audience uh, seventy and critics forty five. I would have guessed <clears throat> almost the exact same thing. Check this shit out. Come on, load. <laughs> Look at how high that is. <laughs> so audience is 75, which is, I think, what, what you just said. What the fuck is going the on? Critical score is 88%. This has happened a couple of uh, And this movie is objectively terrible. Yeah, like in a great way. Like, it's a so bad it's good. What are the critics the, doing? Critics in the, are... In, in a really Suck. fun way, it is so bad. And 88%. This should be 88%. on the list. Like, this is on those lists of, like, midnight movies you should see before you die. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, Crap right. movies that are great. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so bad it's okay. good, you know, Cri- kind of thing. It doesn't matter where they <clears throat> fell. If you told me critics was higher than audience on that, I would have my been life. Like, no that's way. not no accurate. Way. No so, way. Wow. Okay, okay. so... Toy Story, the original Toy Story. Toy Story, audience ninety five, uh, critics ninety eight. Oh, good guesses. Let's see. Thanks, man. We don't know the results <laughs> yet. Thanks, I appreciate you. I looked at them earlier. Oh, um, word. Audience okay. ninety two, and look at that, a hundred percent from critics. If you add those together, my numbers add up to the exact same amount. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. I think I don't know. <laughs> okay, Maverick. Maverick. Oh, this one's going to break my heart because it's going to be low. Um, <laughs> this movie should be ranked right around a 90. I'm going to say that audience gave it a 75 and critics gave it a 55. 
This is audience 71 and 66 from critics. Okay. So too, it was better than you said. So that's that's pretty, pretty close. I feel good about um, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my guess is I don't feel good about you assholes reading this. So, uh, <laughs> okay, oh, so we talked about The Shining. Okay. What do you think? Now I think we're back in like the 90s. I'm going to say critics 95, audience 92. <clears throat> critics only 85 but wow, audience okay. 93 right. so critics not so sure but still good um, fair enough Star Trek Insurrection <laughs> Insurrection okay um, which by the way so talking about the four next gen because we're going to talk about Star Trek in a minute The of the four next generation movies what order do you put them in in terms of like your favorite. My Maybe personal? Not, yeah, in okay. personal favorite. So I know personal First Contact order. is going to be the highest ranked for everyone okay, else. number for, one. For me, oh, uh, no, okay. for me, Generations is the first one. Okay. Uh, I fully understand that that movie is more flawed and does yeah, yeah, not yeah. need that. Okay. But that's my like favorite. Yep. And yep. they pretty much go in order. They're the same as my Pierce Brosnan Bonds. It's Generations, First Contact, and Insurrection. So you put Nemesis. Nemesis at the bottom? Nemesis at the bottom. Dead I, last. Uh, so I agree. Okay, so it's hard for me to put Generations on top of First Contact, uh-huh. but I just rewatched First Contact a couple of nights uh-huh. ago, and I and I it didn't hold up for me the way that it normally did. That's good to hear. So <laughs> I think that you're right. I think that Generations for me is my favorite because of kind of what it represents and what happens in it. It's I, just I, fucking cool I, to see Kirk even though the yeah together. even though the the story is. Stupid. The story um, is stupid, but you know what? The thematic elements, like the idea, yes, the sentiment the, behind it, is actually very human. And, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, no, I'm with you, and that's why I would maybe put it higher than first. But I also, my gut reaction is first contact is first, and then generations yeah. is second. And then, um, do I put insurrection over Nemesis? So this brings up that I just watched Nemesis the other day, and it's so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but is it and, so and, bad and that it, it's more fun it, than Insurrection, which is boring? It has some awesome stuff in it. Yeah, like Nemesis has some really like Tom awesome Hardy. Stuff. <laughs> but but I this so much of what is wrong with Nemesis is also what's wrong with a lot of Star Trek today, which is that they just didn't keep the themes going yeah. and they didn't keep the vibe going. Right. And that's why Insurrection is probably better than it because even though Insurrection is a kind of a silly story, it is so true to the next generation. Yeah. And that's why it's most people directive. say like you're taking on a it's, very it's the it's the thing. most next generation movie there is. Yeah. Uh, is Insurrection. All the other ones are weird. God, yeah, Nemesis and First Contact are <laughs> so actiony and weird. And then uh Generations has no business being a movie. Um, yeah, that's and a TV then, movie. <laughs> and then Insurrection is an episode of Next Generation. Yeah, it's and true. it just feels it feels right. True. Um, you know what's so funny? Anyways. All the original Star Trek crew movies obviously felt so different than the TV show because the TV show was shoestring budget, right? Like uh, yeah. rocks made of paper mache. And then yeah. those movies have such a different feel and tone. And I love the original crew movies the I most, do too. Yeah, yeah. even though the TV show is not what I was brought up on. And then Next Generation TV show. Those movies really do, for the most part, like you said, not all of them, feel just like they continued the TV series. Like the tone is very much sort of, yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. like again, no, I mean, more, not, not more all of them, so, yeah. but the good ones. Like they never really established so. a tone for movies that was different and good. You know, it was either right. another TV version that was a movie form or something, a movie that wasn't necessarily very good. So yeah, I'm anyway. with you. What do you what do you think Insurrection is? So all right, I'm trying to think back. I'm not looking at it. Um. Yeah. 
I think Insurrection, I would probably put audience 55 and critics <laughs> 40. Very close. So 44 hey. from audience and 55 from critics. Okay, so, so pretty, I, I kind of swapped them almost. You, but you're incredible. Close, close. Yeah. close. Okay. Um, okay, and last but not least, my favorite Batman. Batman Returns. About it. Batman okay, Returns, I think please. this one's going to be high critics and lower audience. I think critics for Batman Returns are going to do a 92. And I think audiences are going to do like 80. Okay. Oh wow! Much lower. They're, I thought critics lower. loved this movie. I thought they yeah, under, like, the psyche I, of Batman. When I looked that up too, I was just like, "This is the best Batman movie." It's got seventy nine well, from critics and seventy three from. Audience. I definitely remember audiences feeling like this was too dark and too Burton. Like and, oh, really? and like, okay, I remember audiences. Like, You're a little older. You were probably but legit, more aware like, of the early nineties yeah. being like, "I'm not ready for like the penguin biting someone's nose off." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like just the yeah, full darkness of up. like, yeah. yeah, and like the <laughs> opening scene where they're throwing the baby off the bridge. I mean, I, I feel sure, like now sure, sure. we're, we're kind of we don't bat an eye, but I really do think early nineties. I mean, we, were we kinda, don't like, home bat alone. an eye. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I'll be here all week. Uh, Perfect. But yeah, I'm surprised that uh, critics had it that low because it seemed like it would be kind of a critical kind of darling to me yeah but uh, i was disappointed but that's why we play this game to learn all right so i think we should talk about star trek and picard as much as we can until we're sick of hearing our voices (laughs) yeah we're about to Um, launch into the trek talk so you guys who aren't interested you know there's a little write-up yeah you can you can skip i don't i don't yeah i don't know yeah what the fuck else are you guys doing you're bored we encourage you to listen and be good friends so can i just say because this is a good segue into star trek and you're gonna you're gonna do something you were saying yes it'll be a good segue into star trek but real quick so my other than james bonding and some other things which is same cause mad myra um the next conversation is my favorite podcast i'm obsessed with it i uh not in a weird way in a good way i just i am a patreon member (laughs) hopefully not weird way uh and i just listen so religiously to that podcast and they've covered uh i told you this on on the phone the other day like i'm just drowning in trek right now because they are both in the entertainment industry, both of those guys, uh, Matt Meyer and Andy Secunda, and they both are on hiatus indefinitely, (laughs) obviously from television. And they are just cranking out episodes because they set up something similar to what we have. You know, Andy has a mic at home and he's recording, you know, locally at home. And then Matt has all the gear and he's recording and they have a good quality recording of the podcast and they're doing tons of them. So they do next generation episodes. They're in the middle of season five. So I've been watching that religiously. They just did all of Picard. So every week that Picard was on, they released an episode. They uh, are already, are already doing discovery season two. So I'm rewatching all of that along with them on one of the Patreon levels. And then the other Patreon level is all the Marvel movies. So we've done like 17 of them and we've only got, excuse me, like four or five left. And then they just decided because of this coronavirus isolation, they're like, we're going to start doing Voyager and enterprise. And so (laughs) now I'm doing, now I'm doing from the beginning enterprise and Voyager. I've never seen Voyager at all. Those are the only two series I haven't seen. Um, Enterprise, I watched for maybe a season when it came out, but I was a little young and I didn't appreciate it, so I gave up on it. Um, As long as I'm watching it along with them and their commentary, I can get behind it. Maybe I should jump on board. So I'm doing all of these fucking things along with um, 
you know, Picard just happened. It's just, right, it's, right. I'm, there's so much fucking Star Trek. So it's these amazing. guys are basically living our dream, right? They, they were yes. successful <laughs> enough in the industry that now they're allowed well, to be professional I don't wanna, fans. I don't want to put them out there financially, but like they, obviously you need a lot of money to live in LA. Of they course. have, uh, you know, Matt has a family and a baby and all these things, but they have 570 Patreon members as of the last time I logged into Patreon. And I would say two to 300 of those are at the top, I, that's my guess is at the top level, which is the level I contribute, which is 1701 per month. And that's a lot of fucking money. If you do the math on all that and everybody else at the $5 level, yeah, they're making probably three, four, five thousand $5,000 a month just from the Patreon right. is my guess. Right. Um, right. That's a huge chunk of money when it's just padding. Honestly, man, your if, income. if you took that all away and you yeah. just, Gave me a salary, a livable wage, and let me do that right. for the rest of my life. I'd be all in right now. That's you know what, that's I mean? what like, I'm saying. hundred <laughs> percent. The, the money <laughs> on top of it. Give me a break. I hate those guys. The, I, mean, I love them. The, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. But uh, no one's ever going to pay for our. And I know but... I can do it. <laughs> like this is something <laughs> I'm fully aware that I can do. <laughs> One well, of the few things. We just got to try our our little hearts out. You know. At, at, that's uh, all you can do at the end know, of the day, man. Doing doing all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, America, so Kelly. It's the pursuit of happiness. Is promised, not is happiness that what itself. It is? Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about Picard. Well, let me you, let okay. me let me, I'm let very me springboard excited. off of our. Oh yeah, I'm tomatoes. sorry. You got your. Thing. I'm not asking you for actual scores, and I know you okay. haven't seen every series, but yes. as you know, there is an original series, an animated series that kind of springboarded off of that Next mm-hmm. Generations, which we kind of grew up on, uh, right. which kind of all the same world. Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager all take place kind of in the same headspace right, in the Star right. Trek world, and now we've got Discovery and we've got Picard. And Enterprise I left out. If you had to order those, if you thought, okay, what are the Rotten Tomatoes rankings for these series? What are what what do the fans say by Rotten Tomatoes rankings are the best to the worst? What would is the order that you would put the series in top to bottom? Your guess. Okay, so you only left out um Enterprise? Yeah, Enterprise. You're including animated yeah, and, yeah. and I'm TOS. including animated, okay. I'm including all of I'm um, not including short tracks. I don't I don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Um, wait, but you are including discovery. Yeah. I'm including Sorry, all was... of the series outside of short treks. Okay. So what do you think? fan favorites here. I think TNG has got to be highest. Um, TNG and TOS are going to be really close just cause they're going to have their own fan base each. Right. Um, right. The I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that one is over the other, but they've got to be similar. Um, so I would say TNG, TOS, and then DS9, and then um, and then it's it's funny because I don't really know what the new series are getting. Right? Maybe they're getting way higher reviews than I think that they're getting. Um, but uh, uh, I guess. I, I don't know. I'd throw all the rest at the bottom. Discovery, Picard, and uh, what else is left? Animated series. I think animated series has got to be low. Right. I don't think people generally liked it, so I'd put it at the bottom. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But that's that's roughly it. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. So I would have mirrored what you thought 100%. I would have right. probably, sure probably spot for spot. So okay, right. the very top of the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes rankings <laughs> is, <it> Picard? <laughs> is the animated series at 94%. 
And, that's crazy. And this is where ratings, okay. I think, go so wrong because something that's more niche, like less people were interested in watching or they watched it and they yeah. gave up immediately. They just never ranked. I, I really feel like that happens sometimes, right? Okay, like people sure. People just don't check it out. After the animated series, <laughs> and that's a 94%, uh, yeah. Deep Space Nine is the highest ranked show. Holy at 90%. shit. What? 90? Now, I okay. realize that people really loved that show because it was the yeah. first one to carry do that non-episodic thing, which I think is better for Star Trek to do episodic. Right. But that right. whole, like, okay, we've got an overarching thing and we're unshackling people. We're going to have a war now and humans are no longer flawless, right? Like they haven't evolved the way Gene Roddenberry right. wanted. So a lot of people like that. But I was still shocked that that would be higher than the third place series, which is next gen at 89%. Now that's still pretty high and that's okay, pretty so tight right with all those. It's okay, right there, it. but still the fact that next generation, which I think is the most beloved is not ranked the highest kind of right. blew my mind. Right. Picard is ranked fourth at 88% right behind next gen by 1%. This is so frustrating. Okay. We're going to talk about this, but then, yeah, okay. more Picard's frustrating to me is discovery at 83% is fifth. So that one's very, more frustrating to me okay. than Picard. The original series still at eighty percent, not terrible, but is right. finishes sixth of all the, the original <laughs> series, like the original beloved Captain Kirk. You know, like Spock, pretty well known. Uh, Voyager seventy seven percent finishes okay, second to last sense. and dead last. The only one that makes sense in this entire thing is Enterprise, which is all the way down at the basement at fifty percent. Fifty, way wow. down there from. Well, the next I'm just starting it with new adult eyes and the first episode was very bad. The first episode of Voyager, I was a little high, but the first episode <laughs> of Voyager was fucking great. Like I loved yeah. it and I loved Janeway so much. And I was like, I, I, I remember I've the never episode, s- the pilot episode. I remember. Yeah. It. I've never seen Voyager before. I've only seen Janeway like in, like she was in, um, beginning of nemesis and i knew of her like i've seen the captain's documentary right. and i've seen some other things like i know she's a badass captain right. but 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 really seeing her from the beginning from the get-go like that i just thought she was amazing and 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 this is me coming off of picard which we're going to talk about i'm so like between discovery and picard i'm so lacking in like competent mm-hmm. figures um like with the exception of Saru and okay, well, I take that back. So Discovery has a big cast and I hate almost everybody. Um <laughs> Me too. Pike played by Anson Mount, cool. I really he's like. Great. I think he in the second season he really grew on me and I really like him. Um but he's also very specific, but I really like him. Saru I think is the best character in Discovery by far. I just think he's great. Um Yeah, he is. You're but then right. but but like the people that we're supposed to believe in in Discovery, the people we're supposed to root for, like Michael and like a lot of the cast, are just fucking garbage. And uh, Picard, I fucking hate almost everybody in that show. And obviously you can't hate Picard because he's Picard. He's our favorite captain. And TNG is my favorite Star Trek. And so I can't, I, it's kind of like hating your parent, you know, it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> you, you might disagree with them at times, but you, you still love them no matter what they do and say. Whereas every other new character in Picard is so fucking annoying and frustrating and stupid <laughs> that, um, that when I watch Voyager from however many years ago that was, uh, first episode, I'm like, Oh, these are all new characters. I have no preconception about any of them. Uh, 
and I kind of. So like what about set of, seven of nine, which is the crossover? Well, she hasn't you. shown up yet, and I don't really know ah, who she is. Oh, okay, in Voyager, she's not in the pilot. She does. Got she it. comes in much later. So I've literally only seen that one episode of Voyager, and I know that uh, she shows up eventually. And from like uh, the guys over at Next Conversation, they talk about her very positively that she's a good change to the show, but. At the end of the day, I don't know what that means, but I've seen her in Picard now for the whole season, right. and she's kind of like a vigilante right. person. Right. I don't know. She's ex-Borg and all these other things. But um, anyways, it's a very weird situation to be in having not seen Voyager, and and I'm also waiting to watch the rest of DS9 because I, I started DS9 this year or last year, but now that I see that the next conversation is doing all of these other ones on the Patreon, that means within a year, now that I have like a timeline on it, yeah, I can tell that probably within a year or so, they will be into DS9. I'd rather just wait. Fair enough. Uh, and see it fresh. So anyway, so that's my situation. I, uh, but, okay, so the list was totally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, uh, love the, um, conceptually, I think the original series is perfect. Obviously, incredibly dated. Okay, right. Hard to get through those right, right, right. episodes. You know, your, right. um, was it your cousin, your friend, who said, try to watch the old Bond movies? Rough. Uh, that's kind uh, of how oh, I yeah. about Corey, the original Corey series, with the exception <laughs> of a couple really strong episodes. <laughs> yeah, sure, but sure. the original cast, those ghost characters, those actors, and those right. movies are my favorite track of any. Uh, Next Generation is right there. I mean, they're neck and neck. You know, like mm-hmm. if we were doing Rotten Tomatoes, I'd be like a 94 and a 93 rating. They're pretty interchangeable. But that's how right. I feel about it. Don't care for really any of the Next Gen movies that much. I mean, like I said, Generations I really dug. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Everything else sort of falls behind that. Deep Space Nine, I'm curious to hear what you're going to think about it, man, because I it, it's as good as it is bad to me. Like there are things that I like about it and things that I think are just idiotic about it. And it just lands right in the middle um, well we obviously both saw the what we left behind documentary together right in theaters right. and even though i haven't seen the series to really know the context of all of that i can tell that there's a extremely loyal fan base and that uh there's got to be a lot of quality in there uh, like you say uh, along with a lot of not quality but, yeah there, there um, is the thing about deep space Nine to me is there it's it's a really weird I think Star Trek actually does a really good job in their episodic episodes, like Next Generation and stuff right, like that, of, right. of taking on like science versus faith and, and you know, different groups at different points in their evolution and even groups at the height of their evolution where they're what their spirituality right. means to them and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's scientific to me and it's a scientific series in the mm-hmm. way that I want. I don't want the faith and spiritual aspect becoming like 50 50 in Trek any more than I want the science of star Wars to become 50 50 with the mysticism. Like I don't want midichlorians. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I land on it. This is personal preference, but I don't need any midichlorians or anything else for star Wars. And I don't want the faith aspect as much uh, in, in Trek and Deep space yeah. nine, just, it becomes so important. Um, sorry if I'm, I'm shining a light on that, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but no, no, that's it becomes okay, such but... a part of that series that's wild yeah that it just um that part doesn't work for me and it's so important that it kind of runs the series the wrong way to me um but again that's personal so my the bottom of all of my trek it really is discovery i was thinking about this recently and i haven't seen oh it's the bottom yeah i haven't seen enterprise i'm not gonna you know i know everybody thinks oh you've you've never seen any enterprise i've seen episodes but man it's been they're sporadic and i I gotta sit down and watch it before i judge it yeah 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 discovery is genuinely i mean i just don't 
care for this story. I don't care for this story leading into the original series. I don't care for this story. I think it's convoluted. I think there are too many ideas in it. Um, I think one of maybe three ideas would have been enough for a whole series or at least season. Right. And they all kind of bounce off of each other. And the care, like you said, the characters, I, Picard, it's not even a contest between Picard and uh, Discovery for me. I mean, the characters in Discovery are just, you know, outside of two who you noted. I don't care about anybody. Um, but I am going to side with the fans and perhaps infuriate you because <laughs> that you like I Picard. dug Picard. <laughs> I enjoyed the journey. And here's the thing. I agree with you completely that this does not feel like Trek and the aesthetics different and all this other stuff. For some reason, this series taking place this many years after Next Generation and it's just Picard on this individual journey. And it almost feels like an offshoot. I, I don't really want any other seasons of it. But as like a limited <laughs> series, even, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. felt a, a lot like um, Firefly to me, which I don't know if you ever watched. The Joss I've never Whedon. seen. Yeah, I mean, it was really just bounty hunters on a little ship. It was almost Star Trek or Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, um, right. And I don't particularly think the other characters were super strong either. But I, I was on board and this was enough for me with, with this series. I, and I didn't have huge expectations either because. I'd kind of gotten your your run of it before I ever yeah. watched one, but I just binged yeah. it straight through. And maybe I'm still well, crazy. Maybe I'm. I bored, told you weeks but... ago that that the ability that you have to watch it all in one go will automatically make it better. Yeah, to you. that's true. That's um, true. I struggled so much week to week because I just fucking hated the style of storytelling. But right. but if we can. Pause for a quick second because if you're going to defend Picard, I need to drink some more. So <laughs> go do it. Go so it. what we're going to do is I'm going to I'm going to get you can vamp again. I'm actually going to play the Enterprise theme, which is pretty universally hated. But we oh but, yeah. But, but we also sat in Star Trek trivia, LA trivia a couple weeks ago, and 150 people sang this song out loud. Yeah. And it so, was magical. And it was spiritual. very magical. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play this while I go get a drink. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't want to ruin this song, but I'm uh, inclined to mention that I really did like Picard. I'm not gonna launch into it big time when Kelly's back because I don't want to upset him. But man, I enjoyed that series. Worth watching. You guys should check it out. I mean, so let me just tell you the that's first time song. that that's how you do yeah, the theme song. Right the here. first time this show aired, and I remember it so vividly, it was 2001. So it was pre 9/11, I think. Let's see, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, I can't type. Um, so it's drunk fingers. Uh, oh my god! Do you want to guess the date that this premiered? Hey, uh, I don't, I don't want to uh, kill our uh, momentum, but you just got super oh, quiet to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, is that better? Is that any better? Oh, wait. No, okay. Stand by. I got Scotty, it. Scotty, we need increased volume. I got it. Scotty, we need it now. There you go. We got it? Oh, yeah. You can hear that was now, Jordy LaForge right? okay. of you. Good stuff. That was... <laughs> need more. need more level, Captain. Um, sorry. Uh, I don't know what they keep playing until it's done. Do you know what day Enterprise premiered? 
Uh, Fucking guess. I believe it started in 2002, but I don't. Let's say. Let's say how how could this show have ever September 2002? September so 20th. September 26, 2001. I was off by oh okay, I was off by a year. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying that. So this is 9/11. Uh, we, weeks oh, wow. after 9-11 this show premieres and I remember exactly my living room in, in Florida where I was living at the time I was in middle school and Star Trek was the most important thing in my life by far Yeah. Um, like school was shitty like I did well in school but school was shitty I was living in a new place I just moved from LA a few years before um, and, <laughs> and 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 TNG was replaying on the network then was TNN yes I, I think it be I think it became Spike but it was TNN okay and um, the point is that uh, I watched TNG like fucking every day yep. I just and I also was watching TOS TOS I for like Let's see, 1998, 9, and 2000. I think I watched TOS like every day after school because they were playing it on like local station, whatever. So I was like, TOS, TNG. And I was just, I was, I had the giant light up Enterprise D yeah. poster on my wall. Yeah. Um, my mom was buying me all the Franklin Mint um, uh, Star Trek uh, sculptures. Did you ever go to a convention? I, um, well, I didn't when I was younger. I now obviously have right, been right. as an adult, but I we never went anywhere. Fair enough. But I was so obsessed. And then Enterprise starts, and I was 13. And that intro, the what we're listening to right now, yeah. I know it's quiet, but that intro along with the um, the general concepts brought up in that right, intro right. of of kind of Americana and our progress yeah, it was like NASA in space travel. To, yeah, yeah. Coming from NASA yeah. all the way up through Starfleet. Starfleet. Right. Um, fucking chills. Like the best thing I've ever right. seen in my life was that intro and that song by, by association. And I realized as an adult that adults rolled their eyes at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was fully on board i was 100 percent in and uh that show it's just feels like it should have been 1990 when it started like, <laughs> yeah, you right just exactly played? exactly like, that show so, being three months from lord of the rings our <laughs> mutual favorite movie is insane. sure sure sure. i know all about it yeah um well no that's the that's the weirdest part and that's something they're talking about in the in the next conversation right now is that this show is so weird for its time. It doesn't feel like a 2000s show. It feels like an older show that's coming off of an even older concept. Um, it feels very weird. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people really love Enterprise, but the, the facts are that it has the lowest <laughs> score. Yeah, any correct. Show. But the animators so, got the highest, so what are you going to do? That's fucking ridiculous. Um, so okay. you just Anyways. mentioned concepts, and let me yes. just, for one of my uh, defense points... Um, for, uh, for Picard, um, I, I genuinely didn't, I didn't know what this was going to be about. I didn't watch much, right? The trailer didn't give away right. a hell of a lot other than Picard's going on a journey. Um, right. you know, the Borg were always the big baddies and what made next generation so good to me. And, and honestly, part of the reason that I had problems with first contact, even though other people really loved it and it's like the highest rated movie, I think, um, it's something as simple as this is more cinematic and you need an antagonist, but something as simple as the Borg queen to me really took away from the threat and the idea of, uh, of the Borg 
being a collective right. where there's like a voice and there is literally no one at the center of it and it's <laughs> spreading and it's it you can take it as communism or AI taking over or whatever you want, but it's a very, very strong, powerful, universal sort of fear. And they were just perfect nightmare creatures, right? They were gonna assimilate right. the whole galaxy. Couldn't be stopped. Um so the idea of them finally being stopped or at least halted, I don't know how all the shows go. I know Voyager takes on some of that. And now <laughs> being uh exploited themselves and all of these people were not only victims of the borg now they've been unplugged and they're victims of everyone else because they're the most hated things ever but they're no longer part of the collective that resonated so strongly with me from picard uh, you know just being on that cube ship and working sure. on it and i i thought that was super powerful um as you know i love anything with swords so we had a ninja, a sword, <laughs> basically right. Legolas running around, which I knew it started. And I was like, oh, Kelly hates this Choose guy. Choose to live. I'm sure Kelly's going to hate this Choose guy. Kung fu, ninja swording, yeah. everybody. Um, those things I liked. Um, the, the AI thing, it's interesting, man. It seems like that's all we can take on right now in, um, in our science fiction. And I understand right. why in the climate we're in. But it is always interesting when you've got a show that already took place 300 years in the future. And they're just like getting into AI. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's more advanced, but you know, yeah. there was a point where they're like, well, no one could recreate the, the, you know, the technology for data and that Dr. Soon did. And, and she says, oh, you know, it would take us a thousand years to get there. And I'm like a thousand years. Like, I know we could be in a different <laughs> history, a different timeline, but I'm not sure we're not going to be able to do this in 10 years. Right. Like the whole idea right. of exponential like growth and technology you know, it's it, it just there were some silly lines like that that I was sort of like, I don't know how to solve that because you're already so far in the future. But, you know, it seems like that's a little little silly at this point. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm I'm really excited to talk to somebody about it because um, I've mostly just been <laughs> watching it alone and then, right, uh, right. you know, listening to the guys at Next Conversation. But um, and, and uh, do you watch The Ready Room, by the way? No. I've not seen the ready room. So the ready room is the free um, uh, after show that they do, oh, okay. and it's on you. can watch it on YouTube or you watch it on StarTrek.com. Right but, on. Um, but every single episode of Picard had a ready room after show, and it's hosted by Will Wheaton, so that's cool. Um, and then um, they have uh, different people, mostly actors, but I think they bring on a couple of the producer types. I think Michael Michael Shabon's the showrunners there one episode, but but. Uh, that is propaganda at its finest. It's CBS propaganda. And CBS, <laughs> yeah. I don't think, has a great track record at this point of being um, a quality platform, right? Um, both from a production company standpoint and a uh, streaming standpoint. I think that they are way behind the curve. And they uh, any money that they do have, they're throwing at Star Trek right now because it's their only real property. But right. it's a struggle because... Um, because it is they're they're so focused on it. It's not like Netflix or Hulu or any of these other platforms that are kind of spreading their money around on different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but still with a with a certain air of quality. Um, I I really believe that uh, the wrong people are involved with all of this, and uh, and I will agree that there's an enormous amount in Picard that is promising and interesting. Um, the Borg stuff is very interesting. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I mean, spoiler alert for Picard, 
<clears throat> the whole season. But, you know, Seven takes over the cube and then crashes it into the planet right. and then does nothing. You know, right. it's like I, I, I just it it's so anticlimactic, almost all of it. And and that's just the Alex Kurtzman way, clearly. Right. Um, everything he's been involved with has been like that. And um, and and it's interesting to me because you say how much you don't like Discovery, and I agree. Discovery is really fucking not great. Like, there's so much that's terrible about Discovery, and so much of it is the writing of some of the characters. Um, but at least you get interesting like story week to week stories at least in the new second season second they had the second season is way better yeah first season is so fucking difficult i tried to rewatch season one and i i I barely could do it um season two is a little more rewatchable but i guess my point there is that um i still put picard way lower than discovery because i can't i i with discovery, I at least like some character. Like, okay, who? What character? I, I I get what you're saying about some of the concepts of Picard being very interesting and 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 resonating with you. Name character other than Picard. Name characters that you enjoy. So this is going to be a nightmare for me because I just been straight <laughs> through it in two days and I'm going to yeah, not yeah. remember any names. You no, know no, I mean? I mean you. I can I can help you with that. So just can, I yeah. I actually enjoyed the um the main chick who they were you know after I guess the two sisters. Um, okay, so Dodge and Soji were the wow, sisters. Dodge died, yeah. and then Soji. Um, I'm I'm living this, man. Of course, Picard. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I look, man. I know he is a cheap B movie version ripoff of Han Solo or Guardians of the Galaxy, Rios, whatever. The captain but of the, the captain. Um, I enjoyed whatever that uh, ship yeah, is called. I dug the captain. Um, <clears throat> outside sure. of that, um, not much. I mean, I do think the Romulan kind of the brother did a great job being kind of the swarmy whatever dude. But okay. you know that's just what he is. But that's it. I mean, those those are the characters. That is one or two more than Discovery gave me. Than Discovery, Pike okay. and Saru well, are the two. And Pike I will. And Saru, I think like, they're like more. I yeah. Saru is more interesting than any of them to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all the data stuff's problematic. I mean, having kind of a fat face data. <laughs> you know, all these problems. I've I Jesus talked shit Christ, about this yeah. for Terminator, but but what are you going to do as far as that goes? I guess they could have CG'd and then just face out. Well, they spent. Literally millions, tens of millions, at least, dollars on visual effects, computer effects. I guess we're too stupid to understand the budgetary restrictions right. of de-aging someone right. because obviously we know the Irishman did it and it cost them a lot of money. Yeah. Excuse me. And then all these other movies are doing it. But I don't know why it would not be in use for this yeah. show. Yeah. Seems for crazy. data. I, I just don't understand. Um, because they clearly have lots of money, but then there are certain elements of Picard that I really, really, really hate. Um, like, okay. So I personally think the visual effects of discovery and Picard, the visual effects, the computer generated, um, you know, effects after the fact, mostly digital are outstanding as good as any movie that I've ever seen. Like perfect. Yeah. Um, even stupid stuff like the orchids on the planet at the end, um, that come out and kill the ships. Yeah, um, right. I think are beautiful. Right. Like I just think the the effects of it are gorgeous. And then you have certain things like practical production design um, that I think are not great. Um, some of the first episodes took place at like 
Starfleet headquarters right. in San Francisco, and it was the Anaheim Convention Center right. in right. Anaheim, and like it was really plastic table, ham-handed, and yeah. stupid, and yeah. I just hated all of it. Right. I was like, "That's so fucking dumb. Why did they pick that location?" So that's a combination of like poor location scouting and maybe rushing of timetables of production, along with not really giving a shit what it looked like, as long as we could trick people into thinking right. this is right. A, right. Starfleet headquarters, but all of that frustrated me so much uh, because I just thought, you know, this doesn't fit. It doesn't match. It's not. It's not quality. Um, but realistically, the whole thing is that I don't like anybody in Picard. Um, you like you mentioned. You like Dodge and Soji. Uh, I I just don't. It, it, I can't bring myself to root for any of these people. I think that Rafi is so fucking ridiculous. I think that yeah, I agree um, on that one. Jess Dr. actually hated uh, that character. She's the worst. Yeah. She's the fucking worst. And and that actor I think is a good actor. I think I think she's super poorly directed. She has no idea what show she's in. And I think she's poorly written. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Allison Pill's character, which honestly I can't remember her name. Doc, uh, Dr. Girardi. Right. Dr. Girardi's right. character is, and, and by the way, Allison Pill is also one of the stars of Devs, which we talked yeah, about. Yeah, I dig earlier. her overall, um, like in general. I think she's an outstanding actress. Um, I think she did a good job with the material she had in Picard. And if you go see her on devs, she's extremely good. She's been in a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think she's so much better than the material. Um, so many things are so fucking annoying that she did and said, and (laughs) I just, I hated the character. Her character in Picard is so garbage. This is so funny, Um, man. I don't want to knock you off your, uh, your, your, your thread here, like your your rhythm and your, no, I know, but um, But that's why we're talking. You sound so much to me the way I sound talking about star Wars compared to the new star Wars. (laughs) Like right, all right, right, of the right. stuff you're saying, you, well, and you, not did, lining up. you did, you did say this not long ago that you just didn't have as much of a connection or as, as significant of a care about what happened in the Star Trek universe. Right. That right. It, it probably would be like this, but I also, be, I also you would just take it for what it is. Feel like, you know, you were saying like, Oh, I don't know that they're as good of movies. You know, the originals, like, are they that, you know, that good, you know, maybe we don't like the new ones as much, but are they as good as we remember? And of course you were wrong, but, um, but <laughs> yeah. with Trek, like next generation, same thing. Like, I do think it's the best series, but also like you go back and I do think things are dated and they don't hold up as well. You you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, am I remembering it greater than I think it was? You know what I mean? Like, was it that good? And I, and I do, I still think it was. Same that as that is a, it's a, it's a big problem in all of this is the, is the, the nostalgia that we have mm-hmm. for Star Trek and more specifically for the next generation. Right. Is it founded or is it, is it not? Right. Is it, are, are we, are we wrong um, in our memory of it? And partly yes, uh, and that's that's one of the really interesting parts of all of this is that I, it's not like the people that made Picard are stupid. Yeah. These are all people yeah. that are really intelligent. And and Michael Chabon is an excellent novelist and writer. Right. And but it it is it is a group of people that have spent more time analyzing the source material than we have, even though we have analyzed yeah, it so lot, much yeah. and we've seen it all. Right. It's it's their an, uh, analysis versus our memory, right? 
And those two things don't line up at all. Well, I think and... I think there's some of that, and I think you're absolutely right. And nostalgia always plays into it. This is a huge thing. Adam always talks to me about this. So he's like, "You're just too yeah. nostalgic." But uh, <laughs> but I still like I said. Well, also Adam's a robot. Yeah, yeah, so. no nostalgia at all. He doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I love you, but... <laughs> no, but he is one of our listeners. Shout out to Adam. Thanks for listening. Um, but I do think I look back at those things, and it's the same as Star Wars as Next Generation. Beyond my memory, beyond my sentiment, and all this other stuff that's personal. Yeah. To me, there's something special about both of those you know the star wars original series the star trek next generation you know series. right there's something special about both of those it is hard to make these things well it's hard to succeed at any of this t- storytelling sure. right? and sure. you catch lightning in a bottle and yes yeah, some of it we can break down and some of it is elusive and it's hard to actually pinpoint what it is that makes things so good right and i think right. both of these things have the original star wars you know trilogy has it i think next generation has it that lightning in a bottle thing i don't think that's fake i don't think that's something that just dates and oh it was good and it's time i think that is timeless there's a reason people still go back to it there's a reason we're fucking talking about it you know what i mean whether yeah, all yeah. of our listeners are listening or not there's a huge subculture of people that this stuff is important to and they pass it on to the next generation of people you know next generation and uh and and that to me is not just memory and nostalgia uh i just don't i just don't think it is it's not like me trying to fit my position i just i come to a different conclusion than that so i'm not gonna side on even though i was making the argument kind of against you for next generation i do think that it's a still you know the the better series by far compared to Picard, you know, yeah. all these other things. And yeah. I think it does have a different feel and aesthetic. I think I just don't care as much that this one went a different way as a continuation of this. Whereas with Star Wars 789, I very much care that it went a different way, you know, and felt different yeah. than the, those movies. So yeah, it's a good comparison for, for sure. Anyway. Well, if you can do me a favor and make some notes, because some of the things that are related to Picard that I've been watching, not that we should be colored by other things, but just to, spend some time watching some stuff um the red letter media guys uh-huh. who i love yeah. um have some really good episodes about picard okay um <laughs> meaning i don't i don't think they've released the one on nine and ten but they they basically did a review episode um or a half in the bag episode i forget what it was on like two episodes at a time of picard okay so the red letter media episodes of picard you should watch check it out i love those you should uh you should watch the ready room episodes just because there's still some decent content in there um the ready room is on youtube and there's one for each episode of picard so there's 10 of those and i think they're like 20 minutes long um, and then, uh, and then the next conversation, which is the free level of the next conversation does the Picard ones. If you want to pay for their Patreon, which I suggest you do, then that's where, uh, discovery enterprise Voyager and Marvel are all in there. Um, but, uh, but just to have some more content related to Picard, yeah, right um, to know where I'm coming from. And then, um, and then I would like to uh, mention a couple of things about Picard. They are renewed for two more seasons. Yeah. So we're getting lots of Picard uh, coming up, <laughs> you know, eventually. Um, <laughs> Picard invited Whoopi Goldberg back to reprise her role as Guinan. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it's frustrating to me that they don't have like plans for right. the storylines, right. but I, I guess that's how writing works. I don't know. Right. I'm not a writer. Um, and then, uh, they also have said, uh, that, um, 
uh, or it it is known that Michael Chabon is no longer the showrunner, um, which may be good, yeah, maybe may bad. Be I don't know. This. I guess it depends. They've also said very publicly that we are not going to start writing or breaking those episodes of season two until we hear about the fan response of season one. So even though you enjoyed it, I think a lot of people didn't enjoy it. And I think that that will color the same way that discovery. I mean, you remember some of the issues with discovery. They literally fixed right away. Uh, They fixed uh, Klingon speech to be English instead of Klingon immediately. And they gave Klingon's hair back and they kind of retconned all of the reasons why, but but regardless, they literally did the things that the uh, audience was. Well, now's your chance, Kelly. Start raising hell um, about Picard and get this thing. What fixed. do you think this podcast is? <laughs> um, anyways, get it out there. It's eighty-eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes. You got to bring that shit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, friends, yeah, listeners, please go on and rate I don't, Picard. I zero. don't know how they do that. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, that's that's all I want to say. Is just that there's some other stuff to watch, and uh, well, and I hope that they. Oh, and and you know, uh, do you ever listen to Fat Man on Batman or yeah, any of? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith. So Mark Bernardin, who co-hosts that with Kevin Smith, um, he is now a writer on Star Trek Picard season two, and he's an enormous Next Gen fan. And on one of their episodes recently, he was explaining to Kevin about this whole situation that somebody involved with Picard gave him a like Instagram direct message and was like hey man uh do you like or do you like star trek and he was like uh yeah i mean yes i I do and they were like do you want to come write on it and he like left his job and went uh, on whatever show he was on and he is now writing for picard so all i'm getting at is that i have hope and faith uh faith of the heart that this this that they will fix things for the next season but that's just because I have to. I have right to on, have man. that faith. Well, good for you, you not know. getting drugged down um. during this quarantine <laughs> into the darkness. Well, look, I think yeah. uh, I think that's pretty pretty yep. solid for the review here. I and it's it. almost 11, I we... and I actually do have work tomorrow. I think we've recorded yep. for seven hours at this point. <laughs> I think it's been exactly seven hours. I, yeah, I know Jess um, like, went left, took a bath, came back. She's been doing stuff. It's been a long time. My dog's furious. So, yep. But hey, well, what does anybody uh, else have to do? Let me, let me, yeah, it's, think about the people. Right. Um, We're doing a couple of last, last things. Um, If, uh, okay, so we did talk about, uh, me and Patrick did talk about doing commentary episode. Correct. Meaning an episode listening to uh, or watching a movie and recording a commentary track for it. Um, We're still going to figure that out about what episode or excuse me not episodes but movies we might it will be not be trimmers because we just watched that um, together and will not <laughs> we, be space we, jam because i just watched that, that Jess and I with our friends rachel and cam no problem listen. we just did that one but if you haven't already follow us on social media um we're mostly at movies and shit show uh on all the social media but if you're unsure go to movies and shit.com m-o-v-i-e-s-n the letter n shit.com um that has all of our links uh, basically what we want to do is we want to do like a poll. Uh, so if you're a fan of the podcast, make sure you follow us on everything. Uh, and then we'll do a poll soon. Uh, and hopefully we'll do a commentary track uh, yeah. for something. And then that track, you'll be able to play along with the movie and it'll be really fun. You're going to love it. Um, that'll be in addition to our normal episodes, which we're going to try to do as much as possible. Now that Patrick's got his $32 microphone, Fuck yeah. um, that whole rig was $32. Are you serious? Anyway. This yeah, thing's great. Fucking, makes me feel so It's garbage. It's shit. garbage. <laughs> well, we'll see how it's You know, out. they didn't have to know that, uh, Kelly. 
Yeah, no, I wanted to tell. Yeah, him of course it. you did. Uh, but you did uh, well, hey, look, let's give them some hidden gems and uh, and okay. bid everybody adieu. Uh, do you? Got okay, one? you go. You go okay. first with the hidden gems. All right, I've got one for everybody. Um, I don't know if you have ever seen. It's actually got a couple titles, but I think the American title people look at the most is called Armor of God or Armor of the Gods. It is an old Jackie Chan okay. flick. Have I talked oh, to you cool. about this one? No, I don't. So this is early it. Jackie Chan when stuff was coming over to America. And this is right. a uh, unapologetic uh, B-movie version ripoff, kung fu version ripoff of James Bond married with Indiana Jones. And Jackie Chan is at the heart of it. That's the <laughs> okay. best way to describe Fair it. Enough. Fair um, enough. Yeah. The opening sequence within five minutes, you will know whether you're completely on board for this as he goes right. through this jungle into a cliff to try to find some stuff. Uh, it's so much fun. It's so stupid. Um, it's just action and comedy wall to wall. And um, if you like those kind of movies. What year is love. that? Do you know? Uh, I, I want to say maybe late eighties. Okay. Uh, sure. but I'm, but I'm guessing, um, it's, uh, it's pre rush hour and all that kind of stuff, right, uh, right. but it's like, you know, around like maybe rumble in the Bronx, I think was like the first one I remember being aware of Jackie Chan and like, Oh, they're okay, doing American sure. movies. Now this was before that it was like movies he was making that then they dub and bring over here. That's right, kind of right. that era. So very cool. interesting. Check it okay, out. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to say funny farm. Have you seen funny farm? Yeah. Yeah. Chevy <laughs> Chase. It's, it's, it's been a long time for me, but it's one of like Chevy's Chevy Chase's lesser known movies. Like not as many people talk about it. Right. Um, but I just remember really loving it growing up and I just want to throw it out there. It's 1988. It's like prime Chevy Chase yeah. era. And, um, I don't know. It's fun. My memory of it is that I liked it on, and I knew I shouldn't have. And I was like, I liked it. I don't care. Cause I like all Chevy <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chase. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that, I, that's, I guess what I'm getting at is that I think right. it's probably not very good, but <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> I, I personally really loved it. If you like Chevy, um, check it out. Okay. So, Hey everybody, just uh, take it one day at a time out yeah, there. You're going to be fine. Your, We're going to be here. Home, home quarantine. We're going to try to do as much of this as possible. Patrick's still working. I'm not. So it's really up to him. Uh, so send him all your hate. I'll, uh, but <laughs> I'll quit if I have or, to. Or lo- or quit. love. Yeah. Um, and I think we should end on a fantastic track uh, from someone that we all know and love. Um, guy named Joe Exotic. Oh. Uh, just a classic country uh, guy that uh, just really, really nails it. Here's Joe Exotic. Enjoy, I saw a tiger. So good. Coming at you. Enjoy, everybody. Tell all the hunters lay down their guns tell them that the tiger needs a little bit of love let them run the jungle let them roam their land then stand back and marvel what a beautiful cat cause I saw a tiger now I understand Give them a home, safe and warm. But the law wants to ban me. Can you tell me who's wrong? Every time they move, every time they breathe, I can feel their power. Tiger, tiger, saw man.
so you better take a picture. What a sad, sad song. We'll call it Armageddon. Such a painful loss. When they kill all the tigers in the Holocaust. Cause I saw tigers. Now I understand. I saw tigers. Tigers saw me. Tiger, the tiger summit.